This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. There we go. Now it's happening. Coming to you live from the Ziggurat in Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is THN Cover to Cover for Saturday, April 17th. I am your head number one, and my name is Matt Baum. And I am the internet's gatekeeper, Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 11 Central Time, you see that joke's going to be lost on anybody that wasn't here for the live video. So that's the kind of... Everybody knows what a gatekeeper is, dude. (laughs) That's the kind of content you're missing when you're not watching live. Yeah, that's true. Every Saturday at 11 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page and Zoom to wrap up about the week's new comics, nerd news, movies, TV, and of course, the question of the week live with our listeners. Very important stuff, and it is a live show, so we need you to play along. You can jump into our Zoom. You'll find the link at the top of our Facebook video and uh, the chat, that is. You can call us at 402-819-4894 or click our Facebook call now button. Or just chat with us on the Facebook live chat. We like to interact with the chat, and uh, you guys always have fun stuff to say. Some of you are too chicken to call in. I totally get it. You know, whatever. That's fine. I don't get it. If I you, don't get it. If you can't be here live, you can still play along. You can call us at any time at 402-819-4894 or click our call now button and leave us a message with your thoughts on something you read, thoughts on something you just heard on the show, thoughts on a video game you just played, thoughts on uh, Samoa Joe getting released from the WWE. Who knows? Nope. We, we can We're not see doing him wrestle that. again. I'm so excited. He's my favorite We're wrestler. We're not doing that. We're not doing <laughs> wrestling chat. You can also send an MP3 to 2 nerd at gmail.com and we love it when you add music and stuff like that but keep in mind it can't be anything popular it's gotta be your music or something you lifted off sound you know off the internet that they said feel free to use it so there's that now we don't really check so joe patrick before we don't we don't check that shit (laughs) before that is not true we absolutely do don't say that (laughs) matt bomb does before we get into this we'd like to set you guys up a little something to talk about and we call it Nerd news. nerd news. Although it's really more like nerd opinions on some nerd news. You know? Yeah, I mean, listen, yeah. we ain't CNN. We no. ain't Dateline NBC. No. Is that even a thing anymore? Yeah, Dateline's still a thing. Casey hates it because they never catch anybody. We're not <laughs> nightly. We're not We're not the, the nightly news with Dan Rather. Uh, we are just reacting to the events of the week. And let me tell you. There weren't that many this week. But there's some good ones. There's some there's some stuff worth discussing. Definitely. Sure, I suppose. Maybe you've got more than I do. No, I, I mean know. the stuff in here that you've got. Let's get into it. Quit All right. fucking around. Uh, Tell these people. <laughs> listen, I just I real I really you're quick, dancing just wanna, around it. I know. I just really quick want to reiterate for the people not watching us live, Matt and I are using natural lighting. It's true. That's why I'm today, washed out. And we are we look angelic. I look washed out angelic no you are an angel sent from heaven so joe patrick the new x-men lineup has been revealed and (laughs) we're all excited about it since joe won't read the news i got it shut up hey (laughs) stay in your lane bomb i'm trying to talk you up trying to get you you in your lane come on i'm trying to hype you up here man uh so yeah marvel has finally revealed the full lineup of the new x-men team that has been teased for months um i guess i thought that 
the team was already decided except for the last member, but apparently it wasn't. Uh, they, well, I think it was, but they didn't share the whole team because some of these peeps I wasn't expecting. Right. Um, so this is going to be in the new X-Men, uh, the quote unquote flagship X-Men title, uh, which is relaunching in July by Jerry Duggan and artist Pepe Larraz. The team is going to star Cyclops, Marvel Girl, uh, Wolverine, but not that Wolverine. We're talking Laura, a.k.a. X-23. Lady Wolverine. Um, Wolverine girl. Just gonna, she's just, she's Wolverine. <laughs> she's lucky uh, that it, we're, we're living in the age of our, otherwise a few years back, she would have been Wolverine girl, just like Thor girl. <laughs> Remember yeah, her? <laughs> well, you know, we've also got Sunfire, Rogue, uh, Sink from Generation X. I love saying, uh, Professor X being kind of like a, I mean, doing whatever Professor X does. I, I suppose it says he's an unofficial member. Well, whatever I mean, like he's means. a team leader. No question. Professor yeah, X I mean, runs Cyclops the is the team leader. Well, yeah, the field but, leader. I mean, sure. And uh, we've also got the winner of the vote, the fan vote, motherfucking Polaris. Yeah, weak, you guys. And nothing against not Banshee, not Cannonball, nothing not against Polaris. Maggot or Marrow. I'm fine with Polaris. She's a very cool character. Fine with her. But she gets enough pub. Why not vote for somebody who didn't get enough, you know? Let's she was the star of an X book already yes. in X Factor. Get out of town with this, putting her on the X Men team. Look, I don't mind Polaris as a background side character. I loved her in Peter David's X Factor. I like it when she's hanging out with Havoc, riffing off of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was great. With their whole complicated history, whatever. But if you're going to give me a list of people to vote for that deserve to be X-Men, Polaris is not on it. Right. That's why we got to stop the steal. We know what's going on here. I've been reading my X drops and the yep. truth okay, is out nope, there. We're you not, know? Nope, we got to stop nope. this steal, Joe Patrick. There was no, no steal. <laughs> there was irregularities was a in the election. vote. And if you don't want to admit it, that's fine. But I know for a fact. Okay. <laughs> I, I know that, uh, you know, they made mutants jump through a bunch of extra hoops to present ID and stuff at the polls. Yeah, was, you know, it was, it's, a, it was ridiculous. it's a whole thing. Well, we don't want those mutants voting though. That's why they do that. Oh, uh, so. okay. Well, gosh, uh, you're all over the place. <laughs> No, um, I'm fine with this team, and I think the book's going to be great. I love Sync. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, cool you know. that he's there. It. Um, I know the New Mutants have their own book, and I get that. But it would be nice to see some of them graduate to the goddamn X team. But you know what? The options were there may have been uh, there may have been more than just the two, but the big two from the New Mutants team that were up for a vote were Cannonball and Sunspot. And right. Now that I'm thinking about it. Those dudes belong together. Well, that's why they should both be there. Well, I agree with that. Like, I it agree should have been that, Cannonball and Sunspot. But there could be only one. I know, it's but. The Highlander of voting. There we should have been able to vote for Cannonball and Sunspot, not Cannonball or, is what I'm saying. Um, no, and no, I, I agree with you. So let's talk about it. Do you guys like this X lineup? What is your favorite X lineup? Is there a definitive X lineup? I'd love to hear it. Let's get into it and rap about it. So ba uh, basically, uh, just real quick, the mandate of this new book is that. Uh, uh, it has been decided after a year plus of uh, Dawn of X doing whatever the hell it's going to do um, that the X-Men need to have a superhero team again. Yeah. Uh, and Corey and Michael. So this is going to be the X-Men superhero team. Corey Michael thinks Skullfire should have been there. So Of course he does. You have to that do a little time travel. The X-Men 2099. <laughs> You'd have to do a little time travel. But hey, they've traveled time before. So there yeah, you go. If, yeah, it's, they do it a lot. Tell us about uh, World War She-Hulk. Joe Patrick. All right. Uh, World War She-Hulk is a, a new storyline coming to Jason Aaron's Avengers 
Jennifer Walters goes on an epic rampage this summer in World War She-Hulk. Uh, it's uh, Avengers is going on a hiatus for the Heroes Reborn event. It will be back with issue number 46 in July, kicking off that arc that will lead up to the milestone issue 50. Milestones don't mean as much as they used to anymore. Yeah, because you know. They relaunch the book every five goddamn minutes. Right. Uh, this will be Javier Garan on art. Um, I think he's actually been drawing it for a while now. I think he drew the, or was that Juan Cabal? That was Juan Cabal. He uh, drew the Moon Knight story, right? Yeah, that was Juan Cabal. And it was gorgeous. Yeah, I oh love that dude. God, it was good. No, 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 no. Wait, Javier Garan, he was the guy that was drawing ultimate. Uh, he was drawing Miles Morales Spider-Man. That's who I'm thinking of. Juan Cabal drew um, Tom Taylor's Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I think it was Javier Garan. Yeah. Uh, was, was from the Miles Morales Spider-Man book. Uh, so here's a brief description. Beginning in Avengers 46, World War She-Hulk will bring Jennifer Walters' current journey to its pulse-pounding conclusion. I hope she gets reinstated to the New York State Bar. <laughs> And that she can fit into her suits again. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be honest. There's a She-Hulk show coming, and it's not going to feature the savage She-Hulk. It's going to be She-Hulk. a comedy. Like, they've come out yeah. and said it's, it's going to be like a half-hour comedy. It's absolutely uh, not yeah. going to feature the savage She-Hulk shit that we're, right. that we're done with. We're over. Right. Uh, so this is obviously an homage to 2007's uh, hit crossover World War Hulk, which was written by Greg Pak. And uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, World War Hulk. I'm th- I was thinking of Planet Hulk, but World War Hulk was also written by Greg Pak. Yep. And that was a, a, a mini event that actually did cross over with other books like the Incredible Hercules and, and it, it things was like that. So fun. I loved World War Hulk. <laughs> uh, Hulk got super pissed because he thought the Illuminati destroyed Sakar, which was where he found his happiest time. Well, he was first super gladiator. pissed because he got sent to Sakar, and then he came back super pissed. Well, yeah, but he, he ended up like <laughs> being the head cheese of that place, right? right. And well, then I mean, as the Hulk planet does. blows up. Yeah, it's, it was a gladiator story. Come on. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm really, really hoping that this is a return to the uh, more status quo fun she-hulk yeah this is it definitely is going to be we've got a tv like, show I, coming they're going to want the comics to be somewhat aligned with the tv show because they believe that there will be this artificial demand for she-hulk comics when people who have never read a comic book see the show it's not going to happen but on the off chance that it did but it does nice. drive up prices on the speculator it market. does drive up prices on the speculator <laughs> market. and on the off prices that it did they want that She-Hulk to look like the one on TV, which will be the yeah, old yeah, no, Jennifer and I get Walters, that for sure. Which is and great. And I just, it, I, I, I am all for you know taking chances with characters. You know, it's fine. Give Superman electrical powers. I don't care. But this whole Savage She-Hulk was such like a. It was fine for a year it was, when it was like it was she almost died. Yeah, and she was like working through her PTSD. Yeah, right. And this is right. how she did it. You know, she she turned into a monster to work. But through just it. turning her into the regular Hulk. I mean, I don't need that. Yeah, I don't need that. But she should have worked through it. But you know, like she right? Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Not yeah, stayed exactly, there. Exactly. So exactly. I'm not telling anyone how to process their grief or trauma, but. Get over it, Jen. Come on. Well, it's comics. I think it's safe for us to tell our comic book characters how to process their grief and trauma when it stops being entertaining. I suppose that's true. Uh, We also want to talk about Amazon Prime's Invincible. It is the best cartoon ever. I think it is officially the best cartoon ever. It just is. I don't think there's an argument. 
well, I can definitely tell you with 100% certainty that it is better than the mask cartoon from the 80s, which is also on Amazon yes. Prime. <laughs> which is the most boring piece of shit I can't believe I loved when I was a kid. Despite the comparison, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, another fantastic episode last night. Listen, and you better hold on to your oh, butts because there's going to be God. spoilers about that oh, shit. Oh my God. Let's get into it. But first, let's reset our question of the week. All right. This one's from us yet again, which reminds me while people are talking, I need to pick a new question of the week. We're talking about weird comic book art styles and the artists that make them. Who is your favorite and least favorite artist with a uh, let's call it a non-traditional comic art style. Yeah, big weirdo they're energy not, is what we're talking. They're not. Yeah, yeah. They're not necessarily bad artists, right. uh, but they are artists with a, a style that you either love or you just can't handle in your are we talking about superhero comics or just comics? Any comics. I don't care. Right, just like go. big weirdo energy creators. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz, excellent example that we've BWE. You instantly know who that guy is. You look at it and you go, what the hell is that? And why does that work? I don't get it, but I love it. So let's get into it. Brian Domingos was the first one in the door. Let's see what he's got for us this week. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Hey now, guys. What's going on? Chilling. What's up? We're talking. I'm a couple up. I'm a couple episodes behind on... Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, so I want to get in and out. Fair enough. It's, good thing you're, it's a good thing you're here first, then. Yes. Um, I, I mean, don't worry. It was already spoiled on the internet. Thank you, Twitter. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Yes. Ruined it for me, too. <laughs> poor, poor Matt yeah. Bomb. It's one thing I know, I if it's going to say, like, Falcon and Winter Soldier <laughs> is trending. Okay, I'm not going to click on that, because I don't want to see the spoiler. But when it's just like, actor A is trending, my first thought is, oh, God, are they dead? So right. I have to click on it, you know? And well, even, even worse though, is like, it's, it's, it'll, it'll be like the name of the actor. And then the next trending topic will be uh, the name of a character you weren't expecting to see in your trending topics. Right. Uh, and it's like, well, okay, come on. <laughs> come I, on I made the mistake of, of clicking on the actor's name and it was like winter soldier spoilers. And then it's, it's like, they didn't even make a space. So it's like, awesome. Not that it matters. Cause you know, reading works by looking at words. So it's not like it has to load. Is that like how that works? The, yeah. Well, well, I think people, when they're like, when they put like two, you know, two enters for a spoiler space, like that's, that doesn't work guys. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> I totally agree. My face saw it because it was in front of me. So in your um, field of vision, yes. yeah, it was right. It, you know, that's how looking at things work. So that didn't, that's not helpful, but that's um, typically how working at looking at things work from what I understand. I hope so. Unless <laughs> you, you don't see things anymore and that would be bad. But, um, but I'm, I'm up to the, they just broke Zemo out of um, jail and um, it's an odd show, but um, I am full steam ahead. So we'll, we'll see. Um, but the real quick, I have a, I have an answer for the question of the week, but the X-Men lineup, mm -hmm. um, I kind of like, I, I kind of felt nothing about it. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, Polaris is, is, could not be more of a down the center, like yeah. pitch. So, and then it's like, here's all, you know, all the stars of the other book in this book, except right. like sync and Wolverine. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I really um, like sync in that latest storyline where they're in the vault and like sync and X 23 and Darwin were there and they like lived through, hundreds of years of trying to understand the people that were in the vault and how to stop them. And they could only be the people that did that because one of them regenerates, one of them, you know, evolves and sync can take both their powers and do both. And I think right. using sync like that, awesome. And I would like to see more of that, that, and he's a cool choice. Everybody else fine. 
whatever. Yeah, he he yeah, that's a good point. He's he's the only like curveball, yeah. you know, of all the the people. And I wish like is you know that like from from the insane mind of Jonathan Hickman it's like the X-Men. Like okay, <laughs> there's not anybody on there that is not totally expected. So yeah. other than him. Yeah. Um but they they did do a um, God, what do they call these? The the new artists that they want, like the Thunderstrucks or whatever. The Stormbreakers. The Stormbreakers. The Stormbreakers. Yeah. See, you know, it's that memorable branding. <laughs> I like the Thunderstrucks the better. <laughs> I'm like, what? Well, I can see like the lightning bolt in my head. They did a they did a um, a Thunderstruck um, montage cover that is supposedly supposed to reenact like the the Jim Lee X Men, and it is like, yeah, it is hideous. Yeah, like. It's because it's a work. jam piece. It's not by one artist. Yeah, it's a jam piece. And, and but I'm looking at it like, who drew this? Like, it doesn't look. They're well, all like all the styles are so different. It like, looks they photoshopped. Have, it looks like they were just looks, like they had yes. a background. Well, it, I mean, it is photoshopped. And they just man. trimmed yeah. out characters and and dropped them on there. <laughs> yes, it, it looked like a pro. It looked like a bad promo. Like, yeah, we're just we got to whip something together fast. It's like this is your big push for your your big. Artists like it's like when you look at a uh, it's like when you look at the um, movie poster or the DVD cover for a movie, and it's very obvious that all of the stars were not in the same room at right. the time. Yeah, that yeah. That photo was <laughs> yeah. taken. They just clip yeah, and drop that, stuff, you know. Like d- when that Chihuahua died, and everybody got really upset, and people clipped pictures of him and put them on the Rainbow Bridge, <laughs> and it was just like, oh, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah, like all the all like the light sourcing is different, and like yeah. it just they don't they should have had like the same colors do it like something to unify it. It just, it, I didn't get the Jim Lee thing until like it was explained to me. And I was like, I guess oh, yeah. so. Oh, right. But, and like, that's, that's the, like how all of the best things work is that when you explain them, they, that's a you know. brilliant no, homage. I, until you guys said it title. is the Jim Lee X-Men number one cover that did not occur to me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, it didn't it, occur to yeah, me at all. Like yeah. they, they, they made sure you knew it in all of the marketing emails. They're like, you remember Jim Lee number one, right? It's oh, okay. the best selling comic book of all time. Because I just looked at the picture and went, that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah it was like, this is not great. Um, yeah. But my, um, my answer for the question of the week, um, I think it was easier to come up with a, a, a lousy artist that I don't like. Um, of a, I think Greg Tocini, like his stuff is... Uh... I cannot like I look at it and sometimes I'm like, how did he think this was done? Like I, I totally get what you're saying. It, I totally get weird, what you're saying. Sometimes it's like utterly beautiful. And then other times it's like, what what am I looking at? Like, no, it's, and you're not wrong. Greg Tokini is one of those guys who is without a doubt a master at what he does. But when he <laughs> gets in when his when he gets to Tokini, you know, when he gets into himself too much. We'll say this. He's he a talented artist, but is he good? At, is he right for comic books? It, that might be up for debate. I think he's like, I, I can't get into like low, the, the book he did with Remender because oh, it, it just feels like I loved low. It feels like digital, like mush, like everything like has. Yeah, no, I, I get it. It's very squishy and like yeah. there's no hard there's no hard lines to anything, and so it's kind of hard to make things out. Yeah, yeah, and I just like I and it's one of those things like I, I try to like I know he's working hard. Like I can see it, and there was some original art that he did for that Ion, like the um, the Kyle Rayner book, and I was like, oh, look, it's a two page spread. Let me look, and I was like, nope, they don't look like humans. They don't look <laughs> like people. This is like not finished. Like. No, thank you. Like I, I forgot. Like the the background was like this beautiful lush plant thing, and then the the faces were like 
bizarre. And yeah. I said, no, I got to remember. <laughs> like, this is this is just isn't for me. But He's um, definitely a weirdo. I will give you that. Bikini has big weirdo energy. No question. He's got big weirdo energy. Yeah. Um, but for um, for the, the, the weirdos that I really like, like, I love Teddy Christensen. Um, and he doesn't do enough work oh, yeah. these days, but like, um, I, cause I'm looking at my bookshelf trying to figure out house of mystery, right? Was he on house of mystery or yeah, house of secrets? House of secrets. Right. He did that, you know, and this was the, the golden age of omnibuses, a house of secrets, omnibus, like this big mm. massive book that nobody wants except me, um, as a Steve <laughs> Siegel and Teddy Christensen fan. Um, but he's just got this weird, okay. Thin line. Gotcha. Um, now I know who he's looking at it. Yeah, he's he's great. He did the, uh, a really cool Starman issue. Yeah, um, he's almost got like a did, Disraeli kind of style to him. Yeah, it's that same sort of '90s. Like nobody knows what that means, Matt. Oh, I, I, I'm old, so I understand. Brian did, but like, he, <laughs> but, but in that that sort of thing, like um, like Dean Orstrom and like Warren Police, like those, you know, all, you know, yeah. all Vertigo artists. Yeah, but that kind of that like. Little, they're like they're almost like small drawings like they're they're not these big bombastic 90s things like they're these really intricate ugly almost things that are yeah. just like beautiful and they're ugly yeah. ugliness like chunky yeah. as right. hell he's got a super like thick chunky style to everything that he does angular well, but his lines are very thin yeah though, is what is is they're thin what, what but everything is boxy <laughs> you know? it's yeah it's it's a very it's a very weird thing like he, he did that he, Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say he did an issue of, um, there, was a, there was a series DC put out called Solo that I think I was the only one that bought it. Oh, I loved Solo. Solo was great. And, uh, the hardcover, yeah. Yeah. And um, he did an issue of Solo and uh, there's a dead man story in it and it's just like hauntingly beautiful. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah I, I love Teddy Christensen. That's a great, that's a great pull. And I totally forgot all about him because like you said, he doesn't really do much anymore. He did. At least well, not, he did. not in comics. Not recently, yeah, not definitely not recently. But he and Steve Siegel did that. Um, I think it's up, up and away. It's the Superman. Uh, it's a bird. It's a bird, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a vaguely Superman Vertigo book that is just like a heartbreaker. It was and gorgeous. They are one of my favorite creative teams that like is like so under the radar because they just do such niche things. Yeah, um, like it's a uh, it's a bird, isn't that? It's like um vaguely autobiographical right about steve siegel and his like how he relates to superman through the lens of his life or yeah it was like some how he processed like grief or something like that it was somebody Mm -hmm. died in his life was it that yeah something like that i can't remember but i yeah i remember i remember it coming out for sure it yeah but it is gorgeous it's just a beautiful book yeah and all the comics we talk about guys will be in the required reading notes just so you know we're going to talk about a lot of comics today because we're talking about i hope you're taking these notes that you keep threatening to send me (laughs) i'm hammering them out right here Oh, well, I, I just I, I just listened to your um, scene of the crime uh, book club, which was great. And um, I have some picks for um, Frank, the, the budding crime comic fan. Oh, um, yeah. Very Frank's good. here. Give him but, some picks. Give him some picks. Um, the, the first things that came to mind were um, Private Eye by uh, yes. Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos <gasps> uh, Martin. I love Private um, Eye. Incredible. It's just it's amazing. And um, there's kind of a. It was an image book, but it's it's a very kind of a quiet image book. It's called Sweets by to- Cody uh, Chamberlain. I remember I remember um, Sweets vaguely. I don't. It's remember like that. it's it's like a crime book set in uh, New Orleans. It's probably six. I don't know. Maybe at this point, seven or eight years ago. Okay. Um, and it's just like a self-contained, good, like a, you know, a mystery 
crime stuff. No, it's you don't need to know anything else. It's just like it's just within the the covers, you know, back cover, front cover. Sure, sure. Um, and there is one um, which is always surprising that it's so good, but it was a um, a salmon twitch miniseries. The, the the guys from Spawn, the Bendis um, it's one. Called the, no, it's called the Bendis is the ongoing. Oh, that's right. It's called the writer. It's like a four or five issue miniseries, and I think there were French creators and. It's like a slam bang cop crime mystery. Huh. Um, it was just, you know, one of those like weird things that happen. Um, it's so it's weird. It's so strange. I don't give two shits about Spawn, but I fucking love Sam and Twitch. And like, yeah, yes, had that- you told me that like, hey, Matt, we know you don't like Spawn, but you know what you are going to be into. Remember the fat cop and the tall skinny cop that were in Spawn? They're going to get a spinoff series and some amazing writers are going to work on it. Like, yeah, you're like, insane. Do not, whatever you do, no. do not go back and read them in Spawn. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to matter it's to you. Garbage. <laughs> um, you're garbage. But that but, series uh, yeah, had yeah, incredible I, writers on it. I got into it. I got into it when Bendis, when Bendis was, uh, you know, becoming the superstar that he, he now is. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, same on Twitch. Why not? And I just devoured it. And then when the series eventually came back, they're like, guess who's writing it now? Todd McFarlane. Yeah. They're like, oh, perfect. <laughs> like, well, Todd was like, uh, thanks a lot, Bendis. Thanks a lot, genius every, French every writer. Rose but, uh, has its thorn. I think that's what the song Every Rose Has Its Thorn Todd McFarlane's going to take uh, it from here and he's going to show you how Todd McFarlane, Todd McFarlane's. Watch this. Well, you, you know, know <laughs> every, every, sorry, you know, Chitty hot Spider book has to have a cool down system, you know. So he's yeah, there. Right, yeah, 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 you yeah, you yeah, all worked yeah, up. Yeah. Here's Todd McFarlane's going to cool you off. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you just had, you yeah. just had like a really intense workout. Todd McFarlane uh-huh. comes over to the craps table because you're doing too well, you know, and all of a sudden it's just like, I can't. Snake eyes again and again and again, and they're like, it's, it's, "That's what I do." The, the, Todd McFarlane, <laughs> the cooler, <laughs> the pit boss would like to talk to you. <laughs> Brian, it Todd is McFarlane. excellent to talk yeah. to you, man. Yeah, awesome guys, have a good one. All right, you too. Bye, Brian. Clay Staley is in here. You know what? Just get to him and right he's now. He's, he's, we haven't talked to that dude. He's been forever. here forever. Last I heard, he was dead. So I'm glad to hear he's okay. Clay, I'm asking to unmute you. And don't you're new to this Zoom thing? We've been in a pandemic for a year. Come on, <laughs> I'm not new to Zoom as a technology. Okay, just, uh, all right. Uh, calling into a comic book podcast. Hey, on hey, look, Clay, <laughs> I still I still don't know how to raise my hand, and I host this show. So. <laughs> Every week, Michael Severe is like, I can't raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> is he actually trying to raise his hand and? Running into issues. Yeah, I think he's standing in front <laughs> of his camera, raising his hand. Like, I don't know. Can they see me? <laughs> so, well, Clay, what's up, guys? Not much. We're we're talking about weirdo comic art. We're talking yeah, about X-Men yeah. I had some uh, answers to that, but uh, awesome. yeah. Re- recap on me. I've moved to North Carolina, bought a house, got engaged. Hey, and you got Congrats, you, you found somebody that actually wants to like not only live with you but be married to you, and that's tough. yeah, it's crazy. That's it's, tough. Uh, well, I I don't know. We still got a year left before the wedding, so lot could go wrong. Could happen. She's got, lot she's go got time to back out. There's yeah. plenty of time. Or plenty he time. does. You know, no judgment. We're into it. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, things are uh, pretty pretty different, which is cool. That's awesome. But uh, yeah, awesome. I finally have a Saturday that I can call in. It's amazing. It's good to great hear to hear from you, man. No doubt. That's awesome. Yeah. We missed you. Let's talk comics. Yeah, of course. So I have been very out of the comics world and actually at some point may need a comic pushers uh, to get me back in. Hit us, baby. uh, We'd love to help you. Definitely. Yeah. In the last uh, three years or whatever, I basically 
you know, had to sell most of my stuff to make room and two cars to move across the country from Portland to uh, North Carolina. So brutal. Uh, the long box one got to stay and all the rest uh, had to go. Yeah. So you uh, like just a little bit of a little bit about uh, Clay's uh, Clay's history. <laughs> Clay used to be a customer at Legend Comics and Coffee. I've known him for years. <laughs> And the dude went from Omaha to Portland and then from Portland to North Carolina. He's like freaking uh, what's his name from the family circus. You just follow that black dotted line around. There goes Clay just wandering around America. Oh, the little kid that is I mean, I a like, reference. I definitely don't get. Yeah, that's all right. I, you that's lost me too. You know, hey. But Joe Patrick's yeah. 75 years old. So he just comes from a different generation. Hey, I, yes, uh, I love that. Jeffy. Yeah, comic gasoline alley. That was an art. Weird art, circus. right? Oh, I loved gasoline alley back in the day. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So compelling. Um, Anyway, uh, answer to the question of the week. I, I have one. Uh, so I'll say the, well, I have two. The the one that I really can't stand that is going to be a, definitely a controversial pick is uh, I really can't get into, and it's a whole school of of guys, but basically the Matt Kent art. Mm, totally uh, get it. That watercolor. I totally get thing. it. It's just, I, and I will stand by, I mean, mind management is an incredible book. I will recommend it to Absolutely. anybody. Absolutely. But I can't help but read it and just keep thinking, I wish this was like a regular art style because the action would make a lot more sense. It would be a lot more, it would feel like it had more stakes. Sure. You know, just let, when it. Let me ask you, a, was mind management the first Matt Kent art that you walked into? Um, I had gotten the, and I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. The, um, the graphic novel that he did. Pistol whip. Pistol whip. Uh, well, yeah. it might not be pistol whip. Yeah. He's done a bunch. Matt, Kent, Matt Kent's done a number of graphic novels, yeah. but yeah. Um, uh, shoot. I can't remember. Exactly. Underwater welder was one of them. Yeah. It wasn't that one, but, uh, uh I'm not going to keep <laughs> listing. Not important. Was one find of them. it on my shelf. Here. Not important. I totally understand. But, uh, Jeff Lemire and Matt Kent. I yes, get why anyone will look at their art and say, that's not for me. But yeah, I think that it's also a thing where people look at that art. They're not going to say this is terrible art. They're just going to say, this is not for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause like they're yeah, obviously exactly. talented and they're obviously doing a thing and mind management for those who don't know was this weird, dreamy conspiratorial story. And I thought the art worked really weird to make it sort of to, to heighten the strangeness of the story. But everything Matt Kent draws looks like that. But though. everything, yeah, but definitely. everything Matt and Kent writes reads like that too. Well, so. I, He's an incredible writer and yeah. I will read pretty much anything he does, but yeah, that, that art style, I, I don't know. I just, um, you guys were talking about low and I love the art in that book. Like I do too. that is my, I do too. My stuff. And you know, um, one of my favorite comics of all time is, is Casanova. Yeah. And the, oh, that whole, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, the Gabriel Ba, Fabio Moon oh, uh, style, they can get really trippy too. And I just feel like that would have, had they done my management, I would have been, you know, even more into it. For you sure. Know what I mean, for uh, sure. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a list of Matt Kent graphic novels and that dude has done some weird shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I totally forgot about the tooth which was a graphic novel written by Cullen Bunn with art by Matt Kent. 
but the premise of it was that it was like a comic book character created by a, a middle school kid. And so it all looked like it was drawn on notebook, notebook paper with ballpoint. Yeah, that pen. makes sense. We've got uh, three story, the secret history of the giant man. I remember that there was super spy. There was uh, uh, what else we got here? Red handed, the fine art of strange crimes. He's got a ton. We don't need to we yeah, don't need revolver to, like, read through his entire biography. Uh, oh, revolver, right? that's the one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. the one with like alternate timelines or whatever. Yes. It's like a sliding doors, but with the apocalypse. Yeah. Yes, it was it, it was great, but I, I still, you know, I, I like a little more hardline style a lot of times. Or I like a little I like I guess my colors to be a little more vibrant and not, fair enough you know, yeah watercolor totally watercolor has its time and place i i, I yeah. definitely agree and i think it works in those books but i it's not something i want to see in my ex well, it's not about you Matt. Right. we're not gonna <laughs> so my, i don't need a punisher story with watercolor you know <laughs> uh, yeah so i have the counter the counter one the the weird artist that i love who i will check out basically anything he does even if the writing is not amazing is uh sean murphy yeah. Um, and basically, no matter what, like it, it, the book could have every bit of text removed and I still would just want to look at each panel because it's so detailed and everything has movement. Yeah. Everything has like bold lines showing where things are going and everything seems to be going super fast. And he just has a really good way of making that super dynamic. Tokyo Ghost is a perfect example. Yeah. Do yourself a favor. And look at Tokyo Ghost, but do yourself a second favor and don't read Tokyo Ghost because it but that's doesn't. weird because it was Rick Remender. It that's a, such an odd thing. I feel I like it was Rick Remender trying to like be the equivalent of Sean Murphy's art. Like, let's make this as spastic and crazy yeah. as your weird art, bro. Uh, I mean, and he's like, so oh, like okay, a, but a, let's a, get a, high when we do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? an, an example for me would be uh, that like I, I hate the Batman White Knight books. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. I think they're, I think the stories are like, I, I don't garbage. need it. They're garbage, but they are undeniably beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So I, I, I hear you on Sean Murphy. I think that he is a, a, a super, super talented artist. Not every artist can write. No, I don't want him to write no. anymore. Just please no. just draw, sir. Please. I, yeah. I read that, uh, punk rock Jesus. And I was like, I feel like he, yeah, I feel like he really cares about this. Punk yeah. Rock. I don't, I, I don't get what he's trying to convey. Yeah. You could yeah. see him working. He was dead. We could definitely see him working, but it, like in the end, it was just like, ah, you, you had a great idea, but not much more, huh? <laughs> uh, so like a, a, a series that I really love that, uh, that Sean Murphy drew, but did not write was, uh, Joe, the barbarian. Yes. Uh, which was written by Grant Morrison. Wonderful. And uh, it was like a vertigo. It was a vertigo mini series about a diabetic kid um, who has to make his way through his house uh, before he slips into a diabetic coma. Uh, and so he's hallucinating that like all of the things he loves from pop culture are alive and like helping toys him. come to life and stuff. And oh, yeah, like oh. he's on this, it's like an adventure, you know, in his mind. It's but an acid really, trip for some, kids. <laughs> he's really just some kid that's like, mm, maybe going to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it's excellent. And, and it's is that excellent. A, that's a Sean Murphy? Yeah. He drew it. Yeah. Drew Grant it. Oh, Morrison wow. was the writer. Sean Murphy it. was it's, the artist. It's stunning. Absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah, it's really great. It, it's like the, um, 
it's the re- it's the ready player one of comic books but in like a good way yeah not, not as precious really pandering terrible way. not as precious but yeah. I, I, just, I can't even imagine sean murphy doing like other pop culture stuff i don't even know what that would look like it's so pretty I, I gotta check that out well keep in mind yeah, that like, it's like you know, it's, it's very hallucinogenic and dreamy so like you can look and go that is obviously optimus prime that he's aping here but he well, also has to be no, careful like, not to violate, no, you know, any copyrights or anything. So we said, no, it no, no, that's, dream. that's no, like it, it's like, so when they show scenes of Joe, uh, in the real world, right. Uh, like they, they might be more ethereal looking, but like, I remember very vividly looking at Joe, the barbarian, uh, issues. And it's like, that is captain Picard. Hmm. That is Jean-Luc Picard. He is in a Starfleet. Like I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It looks like Captain Picard. They're not trying to hide it. Oh, They're not enough. trying I, to like fudge it. I thought they had to be careful with copyright, but maybe it's. Oh no, it's- because like here's here's uh, like here's one that looks like one of those old style GoBots with the weird where the uh, where the the de- those deluxe size GoBots where the whole front of the car was like their chest and it stuck out. You remember those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The ripoff Transformers for poor kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Matt, they're called GoBots. <laughs> oh, sorry, GoBots. <laughs> That's um, what the poor kids call. Yeah, like, That's right. Continuity. <laughs> Clay, uh, it's good to talk to you. We got to get some other people in here, man. Yeah, of course. Miss you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, miss Clay, you guys hey, too. Yeah. Congrats, congrats, buddy. That's totally awesome. No doubt. Yeah. Thanks. North North Kakalaka, man. It's beautiful down there. Let's get uh let's get Frank Cirillo in here. Frank, are you with us, sir? Oh, there he how is. Are you guys? Sounded good. Hey, I'm here. Well, how big are and you? Barrel chested and facey. You Hello, sound great. <laughs> so I, uh, I got notes, man. I don't know if I'm going to get through all this. Let's go um, for it. Let's go for it. I just wrote down a bunch of shit. Okay, so uh, John Walker tweaking out at the end of not last week's episode. Uh, last week's episode after, it's like it's like it's like a split second, and then it goes goes to the credits yeah he's like you can see his hand just shake a little bit yeah and his neck like, he does a neck oh. thing where he stands up straight and he goes right <laughs> just like oh one second God. it's like what just happened yeah. <laughs> audio audio podcast man. <laughs> yeah but he's watching um, that was th- th- this show is going places uh i love it i know it's only got one episode left but fantastic it's so good yeah um and i love that they're not going the easy right with the route with the character they're not just going to kill him and be like oh see that's what happens kids when you try to captain america you know like yeah no (laughs) yeah right (laughs) last episode gonna be a problem (laughs) last episode was really good i liked i liked a lot of it was like it's like the the wrap up before the last episode so they're tying up all the knots Mm -hmm. you know um i i did hear i i did hear a no it's not a theory it's not i think it's like somebody's wishes it would be the that, power broker is mephisto no <laughs> no power broker is um Gorilla sharon Pan. carter is mephisto no kingpin i, I would heard maybe kingpin yeah, yeah it's well, not, who's mephisto then it's not gonna know. be a, it's not gonna be the kingpin man it's not gonna be the kingpin is it baron zemo and not to mention here's another reason why it's not gonna be the kingpin that the kingpin would never get in on that he is a dude. Mm. He's a That's simple true. spice vendor from you know Brooklyn. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Matthew. Um, I've he's got not an entire draw that I've kind of heat. You know, I've got an entire acts of vengeance omnibus that disagrees okay, with you. Okay, acts of vengeance yeah. <laughs> features the kingpin working with the power broker and Doctor Doom and the Red Skull. All right, all right, Nino. all right. The all modern right, kingpin as we know him. Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Not the. Acts so of I don't actually kingpin. own the acts of vengeance omnibus. I was just tra- trying to. Th- I'm, I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I was cool. Falcon and Winter Soldier this week because it, it just there's a lot going on and I want to listen to what you guys have to say. But um, 
there's a show I just watched last week called it's a, it's on HBO Mac called Final Space. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's really good. Is that based uh, off a book? Animated. No, I haven't. It's animated. It's um, it's got it's got it's somewhere between like Rick and Morty and but not 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 in tone, just in animation style. It's okay. Like everything looks like Rick and Morty. Sure. Rick and sure. Morty. Oh, yeah. Popular. Yeah. Solar Opposites looks exactly like Rick and Morty. Yeah. But I think that's yeah. by the same dudes. Yeah, it is. It is. But um, this is not. Um, yeah, it's no. really good. First season. Like I went, I binged the whole thing. It took me like three days to watch. I had like 20, 20 minute episodes. Final it fantastic. It's, it's really fun. All right. It's a really fun show. So I'm going to get into the weirdo artists. Uh, I got, I got a lot. Um, Let's do it. Let's I do like, it. I've been around a lot. So I'm going to, I'm going to start with um, an old, an old school weirdo artist, Ralph Steadman. Dude was a maniac. The, the, he illustrated Stedman? Ralph Steadman. He illustrated fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. He illustrated everything that Hunter S. Thompson did. Oh, okay. In, in, in um, in Rolling Stone in in the seventies. Yeah, this, the stuff is bonkers. It's like pre Bill Sienkiewicz. Yeah, super so, crazy thin art, yeah, watercolor absolutely. with like allowing colors to like smear and stuff. Colors ink all over the place. Yeah, yeah. like love love his work. It's like what if Jackson um, Pollock decided he was going to do something a little more realistic, more or less. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah, like. exactly. And it's just I I love the stuff. It's like like reading it and looking at the pictures is like going on a drug trip. It's like taking, you're taking the LSD along with you know, Hunter S. Thompson. Yes. Um, <laughs> you can taste the DMT on the page. Definitely. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I also, one of my other favorite uh, weirdo artists, obviously Bill Sankavich, I'm not going to go there, but um, Sergio Argones. Yeah. Love. I love Sergio. Oh, Man, yes. I'm thinking of all these great answers now. And I'm thinking, oh, Sergio, dude, it, Sergio Aragones like, is one of those guys where it's super easy to write him off as just like, well, he's just doing like this cartoony, you know, like Sunday funnies comic strip thing. You are wrong if you oh, think that. Oh, absolutely wrong. His yep. shit yep. is deep. It is well thought out. Mm-hmm. It is, yep. he is excellent at what yep. he does. One of, one of my absolute favorite artists is, uh, is, is Sergio Agones. Um, so I got, oh, I also got, okay, he's, you know, you might disagree with me, but Steve Ditko, he is a, he is a weirdo artist. Definite weirdo. Look what, look what he did on, you know, Dr. Strange. Yeah. You know, the yeah. look of Dr. Strange is all Steve Ditko. Yeah. Um, Robert Crumb, obviously, you know, these are, and these are my favorites. Uh, then I got two, I got uh, Mike Alred, which a lot of people, you know, you might put him in the, no. you know, mainstream category, but I think you're got, right. I think you're right. He's got some cool, weird stuff. And um, finally, and this one's, uh, this is my finally one of the ones I really like, but it comes from Slane. Uh, slain. It's Simon Beasley when he was still yeah. working in Great Britain. I wasn't crazy what he was doing with um, with the stuff uh, at uh, at DC. I really wasn't a Lobo fan. You know, it was it was kind of crazy and cool, but the stuff he did on Slain was incredible. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. The 2000 AD stuff. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, stuff was okay, so amazing. Simon Bisley is another one of those guys where yeah. I look at some Simon Bisley and I go, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. God damn, that guy yeah. rules. Yeah. And then yeah. I look at another picture and I go, Simon, you need to settle down. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's like, uh, dude, like, dude, stop taking no drugs. He goes from um, like, oh man, look how pointy and crazy this guy is. So like, yeah. now he's even pointier. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he You're goes hurt somebody's eyes man come on <laughs> like simon simon bisley for me would be an example of a of a weirdo artist that i just cannot get into and, yeah hey man that's okay and i knew i knew one of you guys was not going to be into simon bisley sure you know um He's, there were there are two artists that i'm going to mention only by initials who i don't like their style 
who I can I categorize as the weirdo artists. They were very popular. One of them is RL. The other one is TM. Listen, Frank. No, but nobody come professional on, listens come on, to whip this it show. Out. You, RL. You know, okay. Buddy. So we Rob know- Liefeld and uh, and Todd McFarlane. Fair oh, enough. Well, Rob Liefeld does term search on Twitter, so you got to be careful. About that. <laughs> uh, oh, he's gonna ruin me. He's gonna ruin yeah, me. Right. Well, I'm sure you'll be the first person that ever told Rob Liefeld he, he, you don't oh, like I'm his sure. work. You're it doesn't num- matter. It doesn't matter. One, Rob, Liefeld, Rob Liefeld. Rob <laughs> He searches for his name. He does. And then he just like chases after he anybody does. that dares to talk. Yeah. He's a special boy. I, I, I he heard a, a very I heard a funny boy. story. I heard a funny story about him at a convention that was relayed to me. This someone someone who saw it happen. He he bumps into Rob Liefeld's walking through the convention, and somebody he bumps into somebody, and the guy's like the, the guy's a much much bigger guy than he was, and he's like, hey, what do you do? Get out of my way! He's like he's, like, he's being a, he's being a rude prick, right? The guy's like looks at him and goes. Who the fuck are you? And he the guy he goes, Oh, don't you know who I am? I'm Rob Rob Liefeld. He goes, I don't give a fuck who you are. And he fucking lays him out. He apparently pushes him or punches him or something. Holy cow. I, man, <laughs> this I, is like I I got it's like 20 years ago this might have happened. I hope this is true. I hope it's not an urban I, myth. I hope so too. I hope, I hope so true. too. <laughs> See, I am the opposite. Like, you know, uh, I, I am not a fan of the man's art anymore. Uh, you know, Matt and I have talked about how, yeah. like, when he was doing stuff in the early, early 90s, blew late me 80s away. even. His new mutant stuff it, blew me away. Um, the stuff he did at DC, Hawk and Dove, oh, that what if issue Wolverine. But we both agree he was better. He, he was, was better, better then. back but then. It, he which, changed. Not, was the it? Point of, not the point of my story. Right. Um, you know, I... Um, uh, when I first started working uh, in comic shops with Matt, um, I somehow become became the guy that went with the boss to all the comic book conventions. Uh, and uh, nobody else could so, stand him. <laughs> Not Joe, well, but the boss. <laughs> I mean, I also I also was basically a full time employee, and right. so it's like you need somebody to you need to take somebody out of town. I guess Joe's your man. Um, and so you know, we were set up at uh, Wizard World Chicago, uh, and. One year, Rob Liefeld wandered into our booth, which happened from time to time. You know, people people walk the con floor and you'll meet uh, you'll you'll accidentally miss getting recruited by Allison Mack into her sex cult. Sure. You know, <laughs> that happened to me, too. Um, yeah, I'm sure you were right there on the list. <laughs> well, but I like I have I was like three or four booths down and I happened to look back at at our boss uh, and he was trying to get my attention and Chloe from Smallville was in the booth. I was like, oh shit. Okay, Rob, Le- uh, anyway, Rob Liefeld, stay on target. Yes, uh, <laughs> so Rob Liefeld wanders into the booth and he's looking at stuff, you know, and he's he's very, very pleasant. Uh, you know, he's not being a jerk. And I said, you know, hey, would, it, would you mind if I got a picture? And uh, he said, yeah, no problem, of course. And uh, so I got my picture taken with Rob Liefeld and he says to me, if you're going to turn this into a dartboard, be sure you send me one. Yeah. And so like, he was so he's aware, like he's he was aware. self-aware yeah. of his he own knows. reputation. He's very aware right. of it. He owns it. And I'll give him that. Yeah. I'll and totally like, give him that. Like I appreciate, like I, so I, I, at least in that moment, I became a fan of Rob Liefeld, the person. Um, okay. However, I know that Rob Liefeld, the person is also kind of an online shithead. So uh, you know, things change in 20 years. Now I, to go back to the other I, one. You said Todd yeah. McFarlane. Yeah. Todd McFarlane yeah. does not own it. As far as Todd McFarlane is concerned, oh. he is a master. There is no oh, one better. Right. Move yeah. over Frank Miller. Move over Art Adams. It's Todd <laughs> McFarlane time. And Todd McFarlane was a guy, when he started drawing Spider-Man, blew my head off. 
I thought oh, me too. it me was too. the most incredible thing I've ever seen. I wanted more. I didn't care yeah. what he was drawing. He drew a couple issues of the Hulk that yeah. leveled me. And then Spawn came. Oh, and I'm right. Todd McFarlane was- assumed his final form. Much like, you know, any Dragon Ball Z character does. He does a bunch of push-ups and eats a bunch of food and became, you know, Ultra Todd McFarlane. And his art went to a place where it's just like everything that he did cool, which was sort of like Spider-Man was a little longer than he should be. And and the webs were a little crazier than they should be. That went insane. There was chains everywhere. Capes everywhere. Characters yeah, that right. bent over and, to, and like they didn't just bend over. Their knees were clear past their head. And for some reason, they're larger in the point of view than the building they're next to. <laughs> like, uh, what are we doing, Todd? He went yeah, it, nuts. Totally nuts. And it, I can't just was, stand his art anymore. Ugh. No, I can't either. It's and I, I, I made a joke. Somebody said. You know, somebody repeated back what you said. Yeah, and he's got a YouTube channel. He's going to show you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, he's he's just so. I mean, yeah, he's not aware of, of his of his failings. He's completely high on the Todd McFarlane supply. No, I was question. in I was in art school, and one of my one of my friends in art in school, he's like, yeah, Todd McFarlane. The man does not. I said he's got. He goes. He goes, he's got a he's got a cool style, but he does not know what a bone is. Yeah. Like he just there's no structure whatsoever to yeah. to anything underneath the, the muscles in the skin. You know, so no, yeah, everyone I, looks I, like a living costume, more right. or less. And yeah. and at that point I was just like, uh yeah, I kind of see it now and I can't unsee it. Right. And, and like, and, look, you 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 have one job now and it's draw ragman, and that's like all I'm yeah. gonna accept. So yeah. Because <laughs> that would make sense. Frank, we gotta get some more peeps in here, man. Yeah. Hey, great talking real, to you guys. Good to real talk quick, to you. Frank, uh, yeah. real quick, uh in case you didn't see it, uh Brian Brian posted in the Facebook chat his big list of crime comics. I cross posted it to the Zoom cool. chat. Awesome. Uh, so that you can just copy and paste that at your convenience. Those are for I you, buddy. Am, good to talk I, to you. Yeah, thank you. Good to talk to you guys. Adios, Frank. JD, get on in here, man. Get on in here. I'm asking to unmute you. I think I did. There, Hello. There he is. How are we today, good sir? Good morning. Good, good, good. Um, start with answer of the week because I want to get into Falcon and Winter Soldier. Cool. But uh, yes. first of all, my answer of the week is, now I've thought of this person as one half of my dream team that I really want to do Daredevil at some point. I really want a Daredevil written by Kelly Thompson and drawn by Rod Reese. Fine with that. Ooh, I like that. Absolutely fine with that. Rod Reese kicks ass. Yeah, and he's got that kind of, uh, he's, he's a little bit of that Sid Cabbage school, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the sketchy watercolory lines and the, yeah. the, the hazy dreamlike quality. I, I go back and reread Cowl about once a year just because it's fucking amazing. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Rod Reese didn't always look draw like that. He, he sort of came into that style, didn't he? No, he's no. always kind of looked like that. Has he? Okay, I mean, then I'm thinking Cal of somebody was, else. That Cowell, to the best of my knowledge, was he was at least that was the work that I was introduced to him in, and that he came that way. He's actually scaled back a bit from that and gotten a little more mainstream. Uh, his new books. his his stuff on New Mutants is pretty out there that he's yeah. done for uh, Hickman. I was, I was thinking his stuff uh, for Winter Soldier actually. Oh, his Winter Soldier stuff. Was that when they did like the Winter Soldier was like the man on the wall type thing? That I stuff think it was right. At, it was just after that. And it was like kind of cosmic and bizarre. Um, no, no, no. It's the most recent stuff. It's the stuff that where he's got that kid that uh, I did not was, read like this. idolizing Bucky. 
I didn't read this. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, was, yeah. And, and that he was, was like an evil Bucky. Yeah, he was like an evil version of Bucky. And he kind of like, he has to kind of take him under his wing and set him straight, if you will. Fair Very enough. nomad-like. Yeah, that was the like, oh. same creative team as the cowl, Kyle Higgins. Got it. Yep. yep. I was the writer. Okay. But I, I thought Rod Reese reined himself in or at least molded his style to the story really well in a way that adapted. Yeah, it was a lot more um it was a lot more Phil Noto and a lot less Bill Sinkevich. Yeah. Right, right, if right. If that makes uh if that makes sense. So my, the other side of the question for me, and I don't necessarily dislike it, but this is our, I look at this artist the same way I look at Rick Remender's writing. Like I'm supposed to like it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I do. Don't, and that's I do Chris, like and Rick that's Remender. actually Chris Piccolo. <laughs> oh, shame on you. Really? Uh, no, I look, I get it, man. Shame I on you. There are just legit times in Chris Piccolo's art that I just don't know what the fuck is happening. I understand. That's fair. I totally yeah. understand. 100%. And look, you're not like, wrong. I'm not sure if I'm holding the page the right way up. You're absolutely not wrong. And I am a Bacello apologist. And at his weirdest, <laughs> when he's going insane, I'm just like, oh, Chris, I, I do love it. I don't know what's happening, but yes, I love it. <laughs> I just love the guy. I love his style. Yeah. But you're and, and definitely and in this new Spider-Man, no question. Yeah. There is some oh, yeah. stuff that is too kinetic, if you yeah. will. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. His, and, I, and his is one of those that I, I recognize the talent. I recognize he's an amazing artist, and I recognize he's awesome. It's a me thing, not a him thing. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But look, I mean, we reviewed Nonstop Spider-Man number one, and I did think that the art was not as strong as some of his past efforts. And I don't disagree. So I still I, think it's like, great. I think that he's an artist that like sometimes he swings big. Yeah. No, yeah. he always, he, he always swings big. I was going to say he doesn't not sometimes swing. Big. <laughs> the bigger, the, the bigger, the swing, the bigger, the miss. Yeah. yeah, so. yeah. Fair enough. So uh, for the first time in however many weeks we've been doing this, I'm, I'm actually caught up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Hey, watched, all right. Uh, episode five just this morning. Holy shit. Uh, the Countess? Contessa, yeah. The Contessa. Contessa yep. Allegra, Valentina. The Allegra Contessa shows up, and I love her. And, oh, man, I hope this is a sign that S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back in some form. I really, yeah. really, really no, hope man, it is. No, man, she's Madam Hydra. I hate to break it to you. Uh, I hope not. I, I hope not. No, she's not. She has, How is she not? She has she's blue hair. She didn't have green hair. She had blue hair. At least in the comics, she's never been Madam Hydra. Okay, I'm not talking about Viper. I'm talking about Madam Hydra, which is a title being passed from, that's passed well, from right? character to char- character, uh, like the scientist supreme of AIM. Yeah. Um. It was revealed in Jonathan Hickman's Secret Warriors uh, when all of the uh, Hydra secretly controlling S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff came out that yeah. inspired the Winter Soldier movie uh, that Val was a double agent and she was really? secretly evil. Yes, she became the new Madam Hydra. Okay. Uh, yes, she is not good. Well, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. But, I hope yeah. that's not it. I Honestly, <laughs> the, last, the last I remember of of uh the contessa was we talked about it last week uh, a couple weeks ago was the uh union jack book okay oh, yeah yeah. yeah 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 she did pop up in there and there were yeah. some idiots online that were like there it is there's mystique 
here she is. Mystique is here. Told what? you guys. Mutants. Here we go. I'm like, no, no. What? <laughs> what are you watching? She had blue hair, bro. She had blue hair. <laughs> like, shut yeah. up. Yeah, she did have some blue in her hair. Give me a break. Uh, I, think that, <laughs> I think that was supposed to be an homage to the Contessa's white streak. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, yes, watching Sam learn the shield was oh, man. everything I wanted oh, it yeah. to be and more. Listen, man. that little um, montage I, when they were throwing it to each other, when they were throwing yes. it, and the other one would catch they it. Were playing, throw it they were having it, a like, catch. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. oh, oh I, I, I'm calling my shot now. In this next episode, we are going to get an homage to that final fight scene in Civil War. Between yeah, I think so too. Bucky, Cap, and Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Where we're gonna have Sam and Sam and, and Bucky tossing the shield back and forth. That's gonna happen. I think so too. The way that they both like beat up John Walker though, and like had such completely dis- everyone had distinct fighting styles. Yes. It wasn't just like, all right, here we go, team up, beat up, and like we've all been right. trained by the same fight choreographer, and we're just gonna make it look awesome. Like, no, they were all doing their own personal stuff, and it fucking ruled. It was oh, yeah. so cool. The fight, <laughs> the fight choreography in this show is so good Man. at the storytelling. I've actually seen fight choreographers online dissecting it. Like, yeah. like the way John Walker uses the shield, and he just throws it at one person that comes back. Yeah. He does not do the trick shots. No. Like, like Steve does. And then this episode, now we see the way Sam uses it. And Sam does like the flips. Yeah. And you know, he's more mm-hmm. aerial. Sam's jumping around, like flipping around. Yeah. Uh, so I saw. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> like, we all know this. <laughs> yep. Um, I have recently downloaded the app called TikTok. Yeah. Um, I know. I follow you. Yes, I know. I, well, I know that this, this story is not for you, Jetty, because we're on the inside. Um, but um, so like, I find it very calming to just like kind of zone out and watch funny videos on my phone. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I hate dealing with like the Facebook interface when I'm trying to do that. And so uh-huh. I was like, you know what? I'm going to download TikTok. I know all the videos are short and i can very easily like swipe past them if they suck or if i'm not interested and so yeah i just i just you know i do that sometimes and i f- saw a video late last night where a guy was reacting to something he something he saw uh where it was during the montage scene uh, of sam training whenever they showed him running he was running on the right side so that there was room on his left. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, Oh Jesus. Seriously. <laughs> so now I'm going to go back and watch that. And I'm going to cry. <laughs> I know, right? Like before anybody asks me about it, like I understand that Sam was the one on, on, well, actually no, in Endgame, Sam was the one that came in on the left. Yeah. But yeah. in, in winter soldier, when they became friends, Steve was always on the left and Sam was making yeah. room for Steve on the left. And I was just like, I saw that That's video so and I rewatched That's it so three sweet. times. And I'm like, God damn it. That is so sweet. I don't um, know. I, I, I 100% ship uh, Bucky and Sam's sister. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Hey, yeah. That's what I said. Like, while I was watching the episode, I tweeted out. I'm just like, look, if they just did a Sam and Bucky run a fishing boat show, 
100% invested. 100% invested. No bad guys show up. I don't even care if there's a storm, you know? It's <laughs> just like, just fishing. Like, uh, let's do it, man. Yep. You know, like, oh, but Babe Winkleman, but it's Sam and Bucky, Babe you know? Deadliest <laughs> catch, MCU edition. Yeah, there you In. go. Uh, <laughs> But like, just like, how great is it? Uh, like, so I, I said, <laughs> Matt and I were texting with our buddy Ryan, our uh, the THN consigliere Ryan Forrest, and um, I, I said, uh, episode five of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was the Rocky Four of the MCU, and one hundred percent. I 100% meant that as a heartfelt compliment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because like, like the montages were a joy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just like seeing uh, the Sam training thing we already talked about, but like just the montage of Bucky and Sam becoming close. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, like when he, the, the simple things where he shows up to help and then like Bucky is like, he's trying to like, uh, keep something in place with yeah. a tool in his left hand and while doing something else with a different tool in his right hand and Bucky just kind of walks up and with his bionic arm holds the tool down yeah. <laughs> and I was like god oh my god it was my very, heart it was really sweet the, the right the right handed line I love that Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I don't ever. I don't always think about my bionic arm because I'm not left-handed. Yeah, yeah right-handed. I'm right-handed. <laughs> um, the, the 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 like the throwaway joke from Joaquin where uh, he says to Bucky, "Oh, I see you got your sleeve back." Yeah, yes, <laughs> <laughs> made me laugh. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus as Madame Hydra. If that's the way they're going, I look. I think she's evil. Like, there's no way you go to John Walker after he. Oh, yeah, 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 I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Not, I would yeah, just like to. See, I would like to see him yeah. take the USA agent role. I would like fuck. to see him show up in the red and black and white. I, I, I think he will yeah. become. The USA, but uh, there are a lot of people online that are convinced that we are heading towards an appearance by uh, some sort of introduction of the Thunderbolts. Um, oh, yeah. and I think that with we we've got uh, we've got Zemo, yeah, that is very much still in play, right? And Ram uh, he's the Thunderbolts. Been kind of mas- he's kind of been massaged uh, t- into being a little bit more like his more modern counterpart instead of just well, being they, they like uh, taking him to the raft, which is, you know, pretty much as poor as says, yeah, it, Arkham Asylum or Nebraska penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Frank, Frank in the chat says, uh, she hands uh, she hands John Walker an all black business card with nothing on it. That is not the act of a good guy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think one hundred percent that they are probably going to set up Thunderbolts as uh, as something. That's fun. Um, That's fun. But um, I like that. Did you guys get the mid credit sequence? Yes, where where he's building his own shield. Yeah. Yes. Uh, now. Uh, I actually, through the over the course of the last four weeks, uh, four or five weeks, I was kind of going back and forth about whether or not we were actually going to see either Sam or Bucky adopt the role of Captain America. Yeah, I was too. I would not have been surprised. Yes, I would not have been surprised if they had ended this show after just six episodes and said there's there's no Captain America yet. Yeah. Um, but after the end of this episode, 100% without a doubt, next week, Sam shows up as Captain America. JD, I got to yeah. get some more peeps in here, man, but it is, it is good to talk to you, brother. All right. Talk to you guys later. All right, Bye, buddy. Michael Severe had his hand up, put it down, put it back up. 
I was making fun of him. Let's let him in here. Michael, how are you today, buddy? I am outstanding. Um, <laughs> That's a good answer. I, wow. I got, I got one. First thing I want to say is thank you to Brian Dominguez earlier who, saying, who said New Orleans correctly. <laughs> New Orleans people. <laughs> what do you mean, New Orleans? New Orleans? People, people, say, people say New Orleans, which is, you know, the country in France, Orleans. It's New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I, I like who people say it right. And he said it right. I appreciate him saying that right. Fair enough. I just want to start off. Yeah. Um, I, I hate being because this is me always, right? I am, I hate being the, the person who's got to bring the, uh, the race part into this, but I believe that you just watched the most impactful hour in Marvel history. I don't disagree. Um, I'm not joking. I mean, you, you had three different things happen that takes us to a level. Uh, I don't think they ever, the comic books have touched on it for years, but like on TV or movies, um, the story that Isaiah told, I love, I wish it would have been a flashback. Yeah. I think it'd have been even better, but the story he told and the way he felt as an older African-American reminds me so much of the way my dad talked. Yeah. My grandfather talked, yeah. both were in the military. Yeah. Um, and how they talked about what they, they, they put themselves through and what they didn't get or, or how they, they, they were disenfranchised. And it was, that was an incredible time and to watch Sam as an actor receive what he was getting and yeah. process all that because like was incredible look at sam it was, it was sam's that. been handed everything sam did the work and cash in and it's like yeah i'm a, I'm a success story i'm the, i'm a superhero what do you what more do you want and isaiah but he's like, also like but he also said you know i'm from the south i get it yeah, you know like a, he, a couple of episodes a couple of episodes ago where they first visited isaiah and those cops show up and sam yeah knows yeah. the drill Uh, you know, but um, at the same time, Sam has accepted this. Whereas Isaiah is like, you know, I didn't want to become the man because I don't trust him and you shouldn't either. Yeah. You know, and and that's like, um, you know, I mean, obviously I cannot speak to the, I cannot speak to the black experience, but, um, when, uh, when, um, Isaiah was talking to Sam, like it was clear to me in that scene, at least to me, that Sam was trying to make a gesture by bringing the shield to Isaiah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this belongs right. to you. Right. And Isaiah was like, fuck that. Get it out yeah, of here. I don't, I don't want, want it. it. Right. Right. And yeah. uh, so when I like that scene, it's like, I flip flopped on whether or not we were getting a new captain America, like at least three times just in this episode. Yeah. Because mm. that scene with Isaiah where he says, um, America will never Except. let a black man become captain America. Yeah. Uh, and no, no self man should never want to be. No yeah. self respecting black man ever should ever want it. Yeah. And yeah. when it became clear at the end, uh, I, I, there was that line from Val where she says, uh, here's a secret that we, we try to keep under wraps. The government doesn't actually own the shield. Right. And so at the end, I was like, oh, shit. Sam's becoming Captain America on his own terms. Yeah. yeah. Not as an agent of the United States government, but as a symbol. And um, that's what Steve was. You know, when, in the comics, Steve at his best is when is Steve, when he says, uh, you know, I believe in the American ideal. I do not believe in the American government. Right. I do not serve at the pleasure of the American government. We just reviewed the Captain the- America story where he like stepped down because the government said you have to do this thing. And he was like, look, I'll do it, but I can't be Captain America after that. And he quit. Right. Like, uh, so like Steve, uh, Steve as an ideal is, uh, is somebody that believes in the spirit of America, not mm. the reality of America. Right. And mm. I think that's the lesson that Sam is taking. 
uh, and, and like if that's the kind of new Captain America he's going to be where he's free from government control, um, I think that's going to be some powerful stuff. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and then the, the, the second thing was when um, Bucky apologizes both for himself and for Steve not realizing what it meant to give the shield to a black man in America. Yeah. I thought that was incredibly that It was yeah. so yeah. powerful because when you think about it, yeah. I mean, sometimes even as an African-American in this country, sometimes you don't think about it all the way through. And if you would think about it all the way through at the end, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot where I live for a second there at time. Right. Um, yeah, right. It's, it's great. And again, I served in the military. I love this country. I stand, I salute the national anthem, but I, I still understand, you know, where a certain place is and they didn't. And he apologized to it. And I thought that was incredibly powerful that he apologized to him in the way he did. And he apologized for Steve. Well, yeah. obviously can't be there. Yeah. And then the third, mm-hmm. the third part of it, because all of this kind of comes in, in, in around in a big circle, you know, initially we meet Sam, he's a therapist, right? He's helping out these soldiers. He's explaining yeah, the, to them uh, how they're supposed to come to grip a PST, right? Veterans PST. counselor. Right. 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 He's doing all that, that work. It's basically a social work. You look at the way he talked to Bucky about, you know, making amends and being of service and not just saying you're sorry. Yeah. I think a part of that, a big part of that, I think was him kind of talking about how, and I want to say white people, but in, in general, people in this country at times will just, you know, go, oh, that's so sad. And they'll just say, you know, I'm sorry, opposed to going out there and actually trying to make a difference. Oh, yeah. And, and, and actually being of service. And it's hard to do because we're all busy. And we all have stuff to do. But the people who are willing to do that, I think, just feel so much better about themselves. And Bucky's got to do that. He's got to go out there and he's got to be of service. And I thought those three things, that's for vet- that's veterans and what they have to go through. That's African-Americans, what they have to go through. Yeah. And just us um, as Americans in general have to go through as people. Mm-hmm. I, that was, I went to go back and watch it again late, late last night. It was like one thirty in the morning after I watched the Beastie Boys documentary. I rewatched that. Beastie Boys I mean, documentary is so good. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. It was it's incredible. So I need to watch I that. I cried in that thing. Um, but anyway, I'm watching that and I'm going, there's, there's so much into this. You know, what a great writing. Yeah. What? How about letting yourself, because, you know, we're in a land now where when you go into politics, people get mad. Yeah. And that's very political. But they did it. They said, screw it. We're going to do it. And I thought I thought it was incredible. But even John Walker standing up in front of like oh, the council and you he, made me this. He's like, yeah, I oh, did was, what you made me. Yeah, do. You yeah, made yeah, me this. Yeah. You asked me to do the job and I did it well. And I did everything. And it's like and everything that happened, everything that happened yep. here today was me doing my job. And he's almost crying. And you're just like, yep. Yep. This yep. poor yep. bastard, you know, like he's and they took right. they took his rank, they took his yeah. uh, his accomplishments, they took his his benefits. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. I know I know he killed yeah, a dude. Yeah. I know he, I know he killed a dude. I know he killed a dude. But you may as well just court martial him if you're going to do all that stuff. You you just made it. He can't get a job anywhere because you gave him the other day in the soundable discharge, which everybody knows what that means. Right. You took away all his benefits. You took away everything from him. You may as well just court martial the guy. Yeah. Why, why not? It just, it made, but they it didn't want, make any sense. They want to make an example it it, of him. They want to make an yeah, example of him because he's like, he's supposed to be our hero. He's captain. America. So yeah, he has to have the biggest fall. And I really, yeah. really liked that. Marvel gave him a black wife. So you can't go straight to this white grievance card with the character and be like, that's my guy, the white guy, the guy kicked like, no, that's not who he yeah. is. He's I, a like, I think that's, you know, the, the John, the John Walker of the show is so much more nuanced yeah. uh, and complex than the John Walker of the comics where he's just like, 
borderline fascist. Yeah. You know, and racist. He lunatic. was like straight up Southern boy, like pretty yeah. racist. Um, but like, I, I think that this character, you know, um, he's gone on such a journey and, and like it, it, it you know, it, it's almost like he's the, um, he's the anti Sam or the anti uh, Steve where it's like, Kind of I've done everything out. you've, I've done everything you've asked of me. And now when I need you the most, yeah, you've shat me out. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah, and you, uh, yeah, I think that's really strong stuff. Kenneth Butler just pointed you out the chat and he's right. She could be Latinx. I, I couldn't really tell, but I don't, I don't, it doesn't, putting him a with, a, with a wife that is not white makes a statement. Yeah. She's that, a person of color. This is not it's your fucking proud boy character. Don't Well, and his best friend, like, you know, you know and then not yes, to, again, uh, to be, to be fair to John Walker of the comics. I don't think that he was a Southern white boy racist because his best friend was also black. That's true. Like yeah. Lamar Hoskins, right. yeah. like he was close to, to Lamar. Yeah. In the yeah. comics as well. And so, yeah, like, I, I think that he is, but I still think like they've, the way they've portrayed him, you know, is a much more um, uh, nuanced character, yeah. more subtle. Well, there's thought going into it. So they don't end yeah. up with a bunch of Punisher skulls on, you know, the chests of people that are bum rushing the Capitol building, you know, yeah. I mean, and when they make, yeah, right. they made him sympathetic in a way too, which then will not make us feel as bad about the flag smashers going in there, wherever they were, whatever that committee was and taking it over. You almost don't like the people on the committee. Yeah. Especially oh, yeah. The yeah. Committee. So it oh, makes right. it easy for us to be cheering for them in a way well, like, yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's, that that, that's totally, that's another great point is that like the flag smashers, they have done such a great job humanizing the flag smashers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, where it's like, you watch the show and it's like, well, it's not as yes, they've killed people. You know, they bombed a building uh, like Carly bombed a building with people still in it. But her right hand man was horrified by it. Yeah. You know? And so it's well, like the whole gang not, was they were all like, is this what yeah, we're like doing? They're, now? They're, you know, like there's so much more complicated than just being able to label them as villains. Right. Even Zemo, even Zemo, who is a bad, bad, bad guy. You can like see him kind of working and he doesn't necessarily want to go the Hydra route. He want, he's probably got some worse evil plans, but he's nuanced. He's not just a mustache twiddling bad guy, you know? And even when they came to arrest him, he was like, I get it. I totally get him. Oh yeah. Guy. I'm going when, away. Uh, when the- <laughs> Michael, what it's was good. he going to do? What was he going to do? Well, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I, I, Michael, I, it's good to talk to you. We, we need thanks, to get some guys. more in here. Love Michael. you, buddy. Uh, yeah, uh, thank bye, you bye. so much for your perspective, buddy. I, well, I really appreciate Definitely. it. Definitely. Um, this week and last week, um, the moments where the Wakandans showed up were both brilliant uh, because of how the calm with which the people that were not in their crosshairs behaved. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, Zemo was in their crosshairs, but like, when the Wakandans showed up uh, last episode and uh, John Walker, uh, well, he made his mistake. He put his hand on her. Yeah. And, and the fight started and is like, they cut to Zemo and he's just like very calmly sipping his tea. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then he like sneaks up. Yeah. And uh, like Bucky and, Sam, <laughs> Bucky and Sam are standing in the corner and, and one of them says, you know, we should probably do something, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> um, and then in this episode where uh, it's very much, a, it's very much a mirror of uh, the uh, finale of civil war, uh, where T'Challa 
finds Zemo in the snow and stops him from committing suicide and pulls and takes all the bullets out of his gun or, yeah. you know, he's like the, the living aren't done with you yet. Yeah. Um, and then Bucky shows up and you can see in Zemo's face that he is ready for Bucky to end him. Yeah. He's like, and he, he's at okay. peace with it. He's like, yes, finally. Thank yeah, you. My journey it. is over. Yeah. And then Bucky doesn't give it to him and, and then dumps the bullets onto the ground and then when the Wakandans show up, Zemo is just like, all right. <laughs> yeah. David Robbins I is here he, with I us. think he actually says ladies. You know, yeah. like, what's up, ladies? <laughs> David Robbins, how are you today, buddy? Doing all right, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing, doing well. well. What are we getting into? Um, well, we're going to, uh, I'll quick answer the question of the week, and then we'll jump back to uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right on. Um, so uh, I kind of want to go out on the limb with J.D., and say it's not an us issue, or it's not a it's not a, a him issue. It's definitely an us issue. I'm also not in the camp of uh, Bacalo. I get it. I get it. I, again, I totally do get it. I get it. I I just I think I grew up with Chris Bacalo, and when he first showed up, it just it blew me away. And like the way he drew Colossus, I I he probably draws my favorite Colossus. <laughs> I, I just See, love him. Yeah, yeah. And the, the thing that really turned me off on him was on Generation X, the way he drew skin. Oh, I, and it just like some I people are really talented. Skin. That's on purpose though, because skin is gross. Yeah, skin was supposed to be I all blobby and bleh. <laughs> I get that, but some some people are really talented but just miscast or misassigned or something like that. Like for Dr. Strange, I get it, but I don't necessarily think it works on, on some of the books that he's been on that are part of my pull list. And that's why I'm like, I have nothing against the guy. It's just not for me. Fair enough. Totally get it. You know? Yeah. You know? Uh, so, so that, I mean, that's, that's it. And I've been in the past few years, I've really been making a giant effort to go, not to say that that's crap, just it's not for me. Sure. You know, sure. I'm trying not to yuck other people's yum. Well, okay. Now, to be fair, yeah. though, there there is definitely good art and bad art when it comes to, like, Absolutely. comic books. Because and I'm not saying, like, you know, like, maybe you've got a Rothko painting and someone looks at it and goes, well, my kid could do that. Whatever. You know, no. Comic books have to tell a story. And when it's not done well it's obvious point of view is wrong. Yeah. Uh, you know, when like things there's, are, when there's things no are out of proportion yes. too much, when things don't fit, when there's no flow, right. when the, it just narrative we're not, doesn't work. We're not yeah, talking about that. that. We're talking about artists whose style is just off, odd, different. You know what okay. I mean? So I, I think Chris Bacalo, while very good at what he does and very good at directing your eye and whatnot, it can definitely be bizarre and he can get lost in his own shit sometimes yeah absolutely absolutely. um real quick uh you know i i hate to harp on this but can we talk about skin for one quick second (laughs) all right i love skin um like i this is not about your opinion about how chris bacalo draws skin uh okay this is about the character it himself uh skin's whole deal uh which they said every time he shows up for the first time in every issue of generation X at the beginning, uh, just yep. like they did, you know, just like they did with every mutant that they were trying to get people to, to, to get used to, um, skin's whole deal is that he was born with six extra feet of skin. Right. Yes. 
which does sound like a lot, <laughs> but it's not as much as you think. <laughs> it's not as much as you think. And even if that skin is um, more pliable than your normal everyday skin, they had that dude doing some like oh, he borderline was, Mr. He Fantastic Mr. Fantastic shit. No question. Yeah, absolutely. That's, like, that, that's there's no way you're getting that done with six yeah. feet of extra All you got to do is say, look, he's no. mutant. He's got stretchy skin. Go. I'm, all right. Cool. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, he's got, got yeah. He's got stretchy skin, but he's a mutant and he can't control yeah. it. So it sags off of him like a, like a, like a potato sack. Yeah. We got a mutant that's it's blue and his intestinal system are two monsters that crawl out of his stomach and the eeny and meeny maggot, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. And you just go, he's a mutant. I go, all right. <laughs> like done. yeah right exactly <laughs> but like, it's just that, like when they when they tr when they try to quantify it so specifically yeah that what yeah. the like the like the the science dork in me goes wait a second yeah that's it i put yeah. the purple kryptonite in the microwave and now everything i look at turns to purple i had a very like i, had a, I have <laughs> no. a very similar um i have a very similar memory about an episode of super friends we're getting way off um, topic here <laughs> i know but fun, who cares um where um uh, basically like, I believe it had something to do with Bizarro or they were on Bizarro world or something. And, um, Superman takes a piece of kryptonite and puts it behind his cape so that when the light shines through his red cape, the light is blue and turns all the kryptonite in the room to blue kryptonite to kill Bizarro. <laughs> It's like that's not how colors work. All right, guy. back to you, David. <laughs> like, okay. come on. <laughs> one, one last, one last comment about uh, skin and his powers and stuff. Is you know, with superpowers, specificity is the enemy. Yes, yes. You, 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 if you, if you define it too much, and nerds like us, absolutely. Like when there's an and evolution, Marvel of, cannot help themselves. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I think the what what skin what they wound up trying to make him into and what it didn't work into was what, what blob looked like when his powers got depowered. Right. And it was right, in the yes. bathroom trying yeah, to hack right. off all the skin that was just hanging there because his mask got depowered. Yeah. Frank, Frank just said in the chat, not for nothing, but I've seen some of the people on the biggest loser and after yeah. losing a bunch of weight, they don't seem to have superpowers. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, cause I, I want to talk about this week real quick because I'm going to miss next week's show. Um, I'm moving next Saturday, so I'm not going to be able to call in. I might not even be able to watch live. So I'm going to, or not be able to watch the show that weekend. So I want to get this under, you know, taken care of. Um, I absolutely think you're right. I think we're going to see us agent next week. Yeah. Um, it only makes sense to me. Um, I, I like that they're doing that. Um, I like the, the mirror imaging, the, the book ending we're seeing of a little bit of civil war uh, at the end of that. Yeah. Unfortunately, the relationships aren't as, as for lack of a better term, love triangle as they were in civil war. Um, they couldn't stand Walker at the jump um, yeah. because he was trying to take over for, for Steve, you know, not even paying homage, not even saying, you know, I'm not Steve. Yada, yada. He was straight up saying I'm captain America. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, he came out on Good Morning America and they're playing the, yeah. you know, the man with the plan, you know, whatever. The, and he's just like, ah, yeah, it's me. And they have big cap is back. John Walker, like yeah. big posters and shit. Like, yeah, that's what happens when you try and package Captain America and serve him up. Yeah. Guess what? Not going to work. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with what, uh, with what Michael was saying. They're doing some of the most impactful storytelling yes. that I've seen in Marvel for quite some time. I really, really enjoy it. Um, and I'm, I'm loving what they're doing with the villains because as we know, the best villain is the hero of their own story. Yeah. And we're seeing that so much in, in recent movies with Thanos and yes. with Killmonger yes. who, who are absolutely like they are not wrong. Right. They're going at it the completely wrong way, but right. they're not wrong. Right. You know, yeah. Killmonger Zemo was a perfect example. Not- Killmonger was like, there were yeah. several points in that movie where I was firmly on Killmonger's side where it's like, sure. Yeah. Fuck you, yeah, yeah, Wakanda. Yeah. You guys are wrong. <laughs> you know? Zemo yeah. is not wrong. Yeah. And Harley that's uh, like, that's why, wrong. that's why I liked the end of Black Panther so much because yeah. We, like certainly Killmonger went about things in the wrong way. Right. Sure. Absolutely. But um, T'Challa learned the lesson from him that we can't, we can't not be a force for good in the world with all that we can do. Right. You know, we need to use what we can do to change the world. And that's the end of black Panther. And uh, you know, I don't think that that's, I don't think we would have gotten there if it hadn't been for, Killmonger. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, and, uh, yeah. And it's, yeah. Like you say, like, you know, Marvel, they can't resist over explaining a power, but also yep. they are experts at creating villains that are so sympathetic. Yes. that You think that yep. they're right. Right. I mean, look at yeah. the conversation Zemo had with Sam about, you know, the super soldier serum. He, Zemo is fundamentally against it. Like we cannot have this in the world. Because Mm -hmm, of people like me, because of people like the woman that is running the flag smashers. It's like she thinks she's doing the right thing, but she will become a supremacist. That is what happens. And he's 100 percent right. He's 100 percent right. And when he had his chance to to grab the super serum and do exactly what John Walker did, take it right away. Zemo smashed it, smashed it. Because yep. he understands. Well, no. <laughs> like let's let's go back. Let's go back to like the third movie in the MCU. You either get Bruce Banner Hulk or you get Blonsky Abomination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's no different. It's the the Avengers and and superheroes in general. You get you know, and I'm not a, I'm not a DC guy, but you get Superman or you get Zod. Yeah. It's it's nature versus nurture. Uh, yeah, you know, it, the people who had the people who had support, who had the upbringing, who had the 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 system installed in them from the jump, right? To understand, you know, for lack of a better term, but this is the right area for it. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Stanley yeah. Tucci as Doctor Erskine, it, it absolutely is. Stanley Tucci as Doctor Erskine talking to yeah. Skinny Steve when Skinny Steve's like, "Why, why, why did you pick me?" Why because not he knew one yeah, of these other knew. beefcake soldiers, and he said, "I don't want the soldier. I want the man." A big guy, a big I, guy who has known power all his life has no respect for the power, but yes. the little guy knows what that power means and what it can do. And he's like, yeah. I want the man. I want you, Steve. Yeah. You know, like, and that's, yeah, absolutely. that's what Marvel well, does and like, so it's well. Like Zemo says, Zemo says it. He said it, um, I think it was last week. He said, there's never been another Steve Rogers. Yeah. Right. 
it's lightning. It's lightning in a bottle. It's yeah, the yeah. one. You yeah. Know, well, it's, he it's, no. It's, it's, an, it's a Sam said to him. He's like, well, it didn't happen to Steve. And Zemo looks at him and goes, can you name anyone else? <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah, right. Steve yeah. is the exception well, to the rule. We get that, you know, <laughs> like because we already I mean, like we are we already know from Civil War. We already know what happened when they pumped a bunch of dudes. A bunch of aggro bros full of yeah. super soldiers. Yeah. They became maniacs. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, you, and that, go ahead. Um, you, 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 and like, so with super soldiers, just inherent power, inherent, you know, whatever. Look at Tony Stark. Tony Stark had the capability to do, the, to make the Iron Man suit in him from the time being, for, from, from the start of the first movie. From before it the cave, yeah. yeah. Before the cave. But it was a set of circumstances and seeing what he was putting out in the world that made him change. Yeah, right. That turned him into, like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Where, right. you know, it, it's the inciting incident that it's, it's the, 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 the three pieces of circumstance, condition or circumstance ability and the individual and this is not not to start a whole new discussion here but i I was talking recently with a buddy of mine who very much liked uh snyder cut justice league it's like i I thought it was such an improvement and and yada 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 and then we started talking about falcon and winter soldier and how much he loved that and the layers of it and stuff those layers the emotional layers the callbacks the looks at modern society the way that we think about heroes, villains, the questions yeah. that Marvel makes us ask, none of that is present in the DC cinematic universe. It just isn't. It's not. You either right. get a fun movie or you get the darkest movie in the world. Marvel, or it's or it's so fundamentally misunderstood. Right. And Marvel is telling like this real world in outside your window yeah. story that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby have started telling us. 60 goddamn years ago, you know, and it's just, it's wonderful. I, it's yeah, it's like, say, what, say what you will about Stan Lee, like the, but the guy understood, you know, yes. he understood that a, a, a hero, a hero with flaws, a hero with humanity is a hero that you can relate to. Right. And I love, like, I'm a, I'm a big time, like I'm a big time DC guy. I love the mythological aspect sure, of sure. DC characters, but that's Absolutely. just it. Is that like, I don't, I don't like Greek mythology because I can really relate to Zeus's struggle, bro. But, yeah. uh, you know, Hercules but, though, I can relate to that one, but you, but you like, Being you like them for dude, different you know. things. You like them for different reasons. And Marvel's strength is in their characters being, human you know what and sympathetic human and sympathetic the villains you could look at the villain and it's so much more it's not just i'm a bad guy you know like the dark side and that we got in this recent movie or whatever like right they're even thanos even thanos yeah. made right. yeah, sense right. when he started talking like look around look at your planet look how effed up it is like yeah. I would be doing you a favor if I removed half of you, and you know but what? Again, like the uh, world got better for, <laughs> for but a that, while. But that's just, but that's just <laughs> the thing, right? It's that, it's that, like Thanos may have had some good points. It's the execution. He still yeah. wanted to commit genocide, right? Absolutely. Mag- same with Magneto. It's like Magneto is right. Mutants are oppressed. They need to be treated with, like, they need to be. Uh, you know, treated better. They uh, like, absolutely. Um, maybe we don't wipe out all of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, and so that's, you know, that's the thing is that 
like Carly in in to bring to bring it back around because we've been talking about Thank this you. for way too long. Yeah, and we got we got to um, get out of here. So it's like, like a Carly yeah. and Zemo. It's like, look, man. Yeah, I get it. You, I understand. Like super superpowers in the real world were in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe probably a mistake. Yeah, yeah. They're, and just you dangerous, know, and like, flat out dangerous. And like you can you can make arguments on both sides. Like if it wasn't for the Avengers, Sokovia would probably still be a uh, Sokovia would definitely still be around, right? Because yep. there'd be no Ultron, there'd be you know there'd be no there'd be no Hulk, there'd be no this and that. Um, but also, there'd be nobody to stop Thanos, right? <laughs> and so it's like uh, well, Red, you know, um, the, Red Skull would have won. Yeah. Oh yeah, Red Skull. Red Skull would have won. Yeah. It's so it's just like. It, we're, the, for better or for worse, this world, this is a world where fantastical things happen. Yeah. The supernatural is real. The cosmic is real. And at the end of the day, I'd rather have Captain America, Thor and Iron Man standing next to me than not. Yeah. Yep. And Definitely. that's that's the that is the strength of Marvel. It's like you can go, you can watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier and go, God damn, Carly is such a sympathetic character and she is not wrong about a lot of the things she's saying. Yeah, she's just yeah. doing it wrong. She's but also just she just murdered, murdered about 30 people. Right. Absolutely. And that's not great. David, right? you know, yeah. good to talk to you as final, always. Final thought. Yeah, go final, for it. Thought, final, yeah. Final, final thought. Um, you're, you're absolutely right, Joe. Marvel or Joe Matt, Marvel is about real people with real problems who happen to have something extra. DC is about gods among us. Yeah. Right. Icons. DC is icons. Yeah, icons. It, it's fun to watch. Like it, it's the gods walking the earth. You know, it's fun Joe, stuff. Keep going. It's great. David, good to talk to you. That's man. what that's. Oh, sorry. Oh, keep going, sorry, Joe. David. <laughs> um, but like, it's like Stan always said when they launched the Marvel universe is that Marvel is the world outside your window. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's okay to like both for different reasons. And yeah, I think that the MCU, yeah, are there are there criticisms you can level against any movie in the MCU, sure. any of the shows? Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. Um, do I think that Marvel Studios, as an entity, and Kevin Feige in particular, understands what makes Marvel characters great in a way that anybody that's had anything to do with DC's movies does not? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I totally one hundred percent. Jim. And that includes Jeff Johns. Yeah. Jimbo, talk to us. How are you, man? Doing good, gentlemen. Okay, let's go. Uh, Listen, Jim, I do not appreciate you bad-mouthing me for re- trying to rewatch the shows that give me comfort. <laughs> well, then don't complain about having too many shows to watch. Yeah, that's where I'm at, Jim. Look, man, that's I don't have at. time to fit in Jiu-Jitsu that is, Kaisen. That is right? where I'm, I'm at, Jim. All right, so our styles, even though I love in the land of the rising sun, I don't like the generic, like, Big eyed, big head. Hundred percent with you. I, yeah, uh, there's like a very I, standard. I tune out so fast. Manga anime and, style, right? And, there, and, and, and one, not just in example, manga, but in anime. When they start, like when right. we Trigun was one I could not get into. And I know oh, Trigun's a great story, but the second they go to the wah and like the big drops of water coming off their head and shit, yeah. like I mean, that's a stylistic thing. What are we doing? You know, like you know, the two we're talking about like, styles we don't like. I mean, all right, so so and then no, 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 no. It's true. It's true. But like I, but but from. Sorry, just like speaking to the from my own uh, knowledge of of, uh, of this, which is limited, we all know. Yeah. But like when I look at a show like Pokemon, the cartoon, right, right, that is such a 
white bread. Well, white bread. Uh, that is such a bland, yeah. like baseline generic representation of that art style that it's like, this is not fun to look at. Right. Well, yeah, they want to market it to everyone. So just like, but then you look at like stuff Mexican like um, food at Afro Taco Samurai Bell. or Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's just like, Jesus, this is what you could, this is what they can do. This is right. what they're capable of. Right. Pokemon yeah. is to Mexican food, <laughs> like as the you know, animation is to Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like, where it's right, like, right. you don't go right. to Taco Bell to get kick ass Mexican food. You go to get a mediocre product that can't offend anyone. <laughs> it's because so. you just love different combinations <laughs> of the same three ingredients. Yeah, more or less. Right. So, so one, the one example I want to give of this art is by Neji Humura, which is the quintessential tuplets, oh, quintuplets, which is basically a high school tutor choosing between five quintuplets. And I just want to point that out there because it sold like 12 million copies. Choosing what? Choosing them yep. for what? Yeah, what is he? A girl, for, uh, for a wife. So. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. One of them gets married. So, it's a high school tutor tutoring high school girls so this so is right oh, okay okay right. so the, i just want to do it because it's insane and it sells more than all yours the tu- the tutor is also in high school right yes right, right. okay then, like, all right like art style i really like we're gonna go with a number because part six of jojo's bizarre adventures got announced for an anime so jojo's author um araki sensei that dude is uh, intensely amazing that yeah he's like 62 and he says he's gonna do another part uh which is crazy dude, dude retired just enjoy life but yeah right nine. yeah yeah part nine so those are two extreme examples of good that i like and bad that i don't fair enough there you go. invincible yeah. has been excellent i will oh man i love it wow so one question about invincible is it following the story close or is it like liberties well um it's 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 the- it's pretty close but they are condensing a lot yeah all right, all right. uh so um so spoilers for Invincible. We are on episode five now at this point. So sorry if you haven't seen the first episode or read the comic. But um, it took t- it took ten issues of Invincible, the comic book, for for Kirkman to reveal oh, that okay. uh, okay. that Omni Man was bad. Okay. Uh, and in the obviously in the show it was like episode, episode. one. Oh yeah. 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 And so uh, they are they are condensing a lot, but it's also like very, very close to the, like the stuff from this week with DA Sinclair turning uh, college kids into zombie robots. That's a thing. Yeah. It totally yeah. happened. Um, uh, Rick Sheridan, uh, who, who was uh, the guy that William, uh, he had a crush on uh, this happened. He totally got turned into an Annie man, an Annie man, I think is what they called him. Yeah. Annie man. And, and, uh, and he like rebelled and he, like he got better, but he's got like a robot body. Huh. Uh, you know, he's like, um, he's like BP vest from the cartoon cops. If you remember <laughs> bulletproof. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um, so, um, but like uh, everybody but remembers are, bulletproof but, from cops, right? That yeah, one like, season like, of that cartoon show. Like, so like la- like last episode, uh, last episode, like Battle Beast shows up. I don't oh think Battle Beast. I don't I think like- Battle Beast shows up for quite some time in, well, I, in the comic. Yeah, I, I and, looked up who Battle Beast was. I was like, oh my god! All right. Oh, he's so great. Okay. That guy's extreme. Okay. And, oh, and, oh man! <laughs> and I, like I don't know if we're I don't know if we're eventually going to get there, but there's something that happens uh, with Battle Beast towards the like the let's call it like the. Uh, last uh, third of the series 
uh, that is just so like terrible and amazing. I I am um, hoping that when we get season two or whatever, they let mm-hmm. it breathe a little bit because yeah. there is they like Joe it said, is, uh, yeah. it is condensed. they're running at a breakneck pace introducing yeah. these ideas. And I feel like we're missing some things that I truly love from the story. With that said. The story is the cartoon is still excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, like, so, you know, things like it's it's also like small things like um, yeah. uh, like uh, 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 what is what is Invincible's name? Mark. Mark. Yeah. Mark's uh, Mark's best friend William being gay. Mm-hmm. Like William did not come out as gay for like two or three years oh. in the comics and in the show they're they're just like no make him gay. Right. And it, it totally works. It totally makes perfect sense. And right. I think it actually adds a nice layer to that character that wasn't right. there the, the, the in the original stories at the beginning. to a point where he felt comfortable enough to come out to mm. his friend. Okay. You yeah. know, and like, and that was a moment in the comics. And in this, it's just like, and I'm not saying like, I don't want a gay character, but he's already gay. And you, we lost that moment. We lost that relationship, that buildup in that story. But again. But on the flip side, we we immediately have that representation that was not there. Which is good. Right. right. Yeah. But we and, are moving uh, at a bit of a breakneck pace. In the okay. Yeah. It, it, it's the, like there are there are a lot of things that are being combined and and kind of. um uh, blink and you miss it yeah. introduced yeah. you know uh, that that payoff over the course of many volumes of the trade well even right. like the death um, of the guardians like they were a thing for a while in that well, book 10 10 issues yeah 10 issues and then the original guardians of the globe at the end of issue 10 it is revealed well you see them getting murdered right but you oh, don't see who's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of issue 10, it's like, oh shit, it's Omni-Man. Right. Yeah. Omni-Man has murdered the Guardians of the Globe. Why? We don't know why. But they definitely built and a then, mystery first. And, and it wasn't just like he yeah. just showed up and killed them all. You know, like, And then by the show. by the end of issue 12, which uh, would have been, I believe, the end of the second volume, it's like Omni-Man, like Mark has discovered this. Omni Man beats him nearly to death. Okay, well, oh, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> sorry, I guess we're. Well, I mean, yeah. Come I mean on. it's setting up a conflict. Like, it's yeah. like obviously, like Omni, we already know by the, at this point that Omni Man has done something horrible. Right. He's gonna have to confront his son about it eventually. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like that happens over the course of a year. Hmm. Right. And on the show, it's happened over the course of five weeks. Yeah. Right. So, and I do think, the, Jim, the trouble you're having is like when manga comes to anime, they definitely flesh it out more. It's condensed, right. but they definitely flesh it out a lot more and spend time on things. Like there's episodes of, you know, My Hero Academia where it was like one fight scene lasted four damn episodes. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, but it was great. I loved it. But we don't do that here in the States, unfortunately. But I mean, isn't, so. isn't the flip side of that like you've got, um, like I know Naruto is a bad example because it's got like something like 300 episodes or 600 friggin' episodes. Yeah, Hamtaro like that. Yeah, Let's talk about Hamtaro. Ham to Hamtaro, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, Hamatro. Hamatro. Uh, Hamtaro was the actual character. That's right. Um, but, um, uh, you know, you've got some of these uh, manga uh, books that have been around for decades, right? Like, yeah, uh, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon, yeah, Dragon Ball, Z, yeah, Dragon Ball like One, one piece. piece. Yeah, One yeah, Piece is like yeah. 35 years. Like. And and so it's like, yeah, the comic has had the time. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I, I like, I don't know how long One Piece, the anime has been around, but I bet it's not oh. 35 years. No, we don't, we don't have to go into the, the problems of, of, of One Piece anime because <laughs> they, Joe, they put an episode out every week. 
Oh yeah, Jeez. Uh-huh. how is that possible? I don't know. They're episode nine hundred. I'll tell you exactly how it's possible. Slave oh, labor. That's how they do it. I know. I know. They uh, literally have a warehouse of animators that are slaves. I was uh, like, that's that's nothing compared to like the 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 sweatshop factory that was uh, American Kids Animation in the eighties. Oh yeah. Like uh, when I oh, yeah. when I went I went and I watched the first episode of Mass because people were making a big deal about how it got added to uh, Prime Video. Mm. It's terrible. Yeah. Don't watch it. It's it garbage. sucks. Um, just like keep your childhood memories intact. Do not do it. <laughs> watch the intro. But, turn it off. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Right. The watch intro, the intro. Be like, I love the this show. Fucking done. <laughs> um, but it's like okay, Mask one season. I'm like one season really. Mm-hmm. It's 66 episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had they had mask on every goddamn day. Yeah. Same with G.I. Joe. Same with yeah. Transformers. Dave DeMarco and I are uh, doing a, a cartoon deep dive cartoon podcast that's coming soon called uh, Tunes of Time Forgot. And we talked about the Swamp Thing cartoon and we found an interview with the creator. And the guy said at they were at a point where they were writing a script. And a week later, it was an episode. One week later, yeah, this is straight up South like, Park. And but they weren't doing South Park animation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> like like South Park. You know, South Park kind of got famous for being that whole like construction paper right. shaped whatever. Well, yeah, it's all, it's, it's all um, but I guarantee you that shit is made with computers. Yeah, oh, it's all right yeah. now. This was old and, school, and yeah, they recycled a bunch of shit. But it was but okay. uh, like as somebody that took a traditional animation class in college, let me tell you that in 1985, uh, it was a nightmare producing a producing one episode, let alone five, uh, in a week is a monstrous a task. Goddamn nightmare. No question. Jim, it's we, like that, we got to get like out of here. Scene. We are way yeah. over time. Bye, Jim. <laughs> it's good to talk. Bye, uh, it's like, it's like that scene in the clerks cartoon um, where uh, they're like, Oh, we've run out of, uh, we've run out of budget for this episode. So the Korean animation studio took over the rest of the episode and it's like big American party. And then yeah. it becomes like an anime. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they show the Korean animation studio and it's like a giant rat that's supposed to represent Mickey Mouse right. whipping the slave. Yeah. Animators. They're like, help us, please. Miss Branch, get Peter Parker on the phone. Yes, Mr. Jameson. All right. It's voicemail time in the ziggurat. And uh, it's good to hear from this gentleman because I just assumed that Australia sank into the sea when he doesn't call. Hey, hey guys, hello, it's it's me, Jimmy. Remember me? That guy from down under in Australia. I used to send in MP3s and then I didn't. I now know. I'm doing it again because I, I felt like it. I'm going to answer the question of the week and Yay! y'all can just sit there and listen. Uh, so weirdo artist that I hate, hate's a pretty strong word. It gets thrown around with abandon, but you know what? I kind of hate Ben Templesmith. I I know he's good at what he does, but he's scary. I don't like him. I want him to go away. His art <laughs> makes me feel bad. And that's like, that's cool. That's what art does. But it makes me feel bad to the point where I'm like, Ben Temple Smith, you, you got to. You gotta just fuck off, dude. I don't like you. Fix a switch in my brain and like, go away. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, uh, who doesn't love James Stoko? I mean, he's yes. got a real, 
manga style, which traditionally I'm really not a fan of, but, you know, that Aliens one that he did was oh. awesome. He's done some great oh. work. And if you got Orkstain, have you guys read Orkstain? Yeah, dude. It's absolutely brilliant. Like A lot of testicle wrecking in Orkstain. Like, full run of Orkstain. There is a recipe for it. You just got to take like a a Blu-ray copy of the Dark Crystal, but Jim Henson's Dark Crystal, and then about 18 grams of cocaine, yes. and you put it in a blender, and you whiz it up, and you let it sit for about three hours, and then poof, you get yourself a copy of the entire run of uh, Orkstain. It's brilliant. Like, there's orcs getting their dicks cut off. There's a story there. <laughs> it's just rad art. I dig it. And that's me. It's good to contribute to the podcast again. I love you all. Uh, just remember, kids, eat your veggies and drink water and don't don't forget that there's a comet coming to kill us all in about eight days. Bye, Jimmy <laughs> out. Bye. Jimmy, it's good to hear you in gastrointestinal distress again, brother. I missed you. Uh, right. The bad news is that Jimmy sent this on Thursday. So we have and three days And he is left. in Australia, which means he's a day in the future. So we have three days left. Yeah, okay. so you know, bend over and kiss your bucket. <laughs> <laughs> James Stokoe, though, with yeah, at one hundred, that dude is amazing. Yeah, excellent, excellent answer. And Jimmy, buddy, we miss you when you're not here, and we understand people have real lives. It's cool, man. Right. Uh, By the way, Ben Templesmith. If Ben Templesmith heard that, he would take what you said as a compliment. I guarantee he would, because he My, wants his art makes me feel bad. Yes, he wants to elicit fear and terror yeah. with his no, art. I, uh, <laughs> I uh, like I've never like Ben Templesmith is not the artist you hire when you have a book that has heartwarming right. uh, scenes in it. That's you not his don't. job. That's not his job. I, I totally understand people that dislike black metal. I get it. They're like it just sounds like terrifying. Like with a singer that sounds like. Like a, someone threw an animal into a blender and it makes me feel awful. That's what it's supposed to do. And I totally understand if you don't yeah, that's like the it. Point, right? That's <laughs> the know? whole point of it. Yeah. All right. Next call here. Hey, Jerry, Matt. This is Brian from Merlin. I haven't called in for, for a while. I decided to try to call in very quickly. Um, so far, I think that uh, Invincible has been doing a really good job when it comes to the show. I still prefer the comics more, but it's definitely a big, awesome TV show, especially compared to some other iterations of my other shows, like uh, that shows and comics that haven't hit the mark, uh, like in humans. Um, when it comes to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I guess you all said spoilers. I love the episode overall, even though there wasn't that much action throughout the whole portion of the show for the last episode that just happened. But at the same time, I'm very excited to see what the iteration is of the costume that the, the Falcon's going to be wearing, hopefully, in the next episode. And to see if there's any other situations that may arise, like uh, a sidekick of some sort, uh, based on the comic series of uh, Sam Wilson. Uh, Captain America uh, that happened uh, I think it was two years ago Yeah. well I think that's getting close to two minutes and I'm definitely rambling on pretty <laughs> much so I'll talk to y'all guys later have a nice day bye Hey. Good thanks for calling back in Brian yeah good to hear from you buddy yeah, um, so he mentions uh, a couple of things that I wanted to bring up uh, the first uh, Sam you know obviously he gets a new costume what's it going to be we it's it's got to be Captain America. We all know it. Yeah. Um, but 
at the end of last episode when they was it last episode or was it this episode? I don't know what when you're they about finally to say. subdue. Oh, it was this episode where they they finally subdue uh, Walker, right? Right. And they take the shield away from him, but um, he has destroyed Sam's Falcon uh, Falcon rig. Right. And um, when Joaquin, the uh, military guy, uh, Sam's friend, that's been around since the first episode, uh, comes to pick up the wings. Uh, you know, Sam says, keep them. Yeah. And walks away from being at least that version of the Falcon. Right. Um, in the comics, Joaquin is an existing character. He is the new Falcon. Huh? He's been around for a while. now. I had not thought of that. And so I think that we're going to get eventually, I don't know where, like, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if the MC I don't know if Marvel Studios is going to follow the multi-season model for sh- for st- their shows, you know. So I don't know if we're going to get a, a season two of this, but I do think we will see Joaquin as the new Falcon. Yeah, I don't think we will get season two of this, but it would not surprise me if we got a Captain America movie or a Captain America TV show. Right. With, and and with like, I, like, I don't really know what the Loki show is going to like. I know what the I know what the premise is. You know, Loki broke time and now right. he has to fix it. Um, I don't know how that's going to end, but I can definitely see that show lending itself to multiple seasons sure. or She-Hulk, you yeah. know, or Moon Knight even. Right. Um, but something like this, where it's about the flagship characters, you know, Falcon or Captain America or and the Winter Soldier is uh, like I can see this spinning off into movies rather than more yeah streaming uh, yeah it's set up definitely it's set up um but yeah I'm calling it I I, I and uh and Brian reminded me of it uh Joaquin is the new Falcon I like it I like it he's a great character yeah all right mark it down let's see what John Tavertic hey, uh John Tavertic here calling with my answers to the question of the week uh two artists whose styles I uh are non-traditional, but I love based on the time I was introduced to them are Kelly Jones and Sam Keith. So Kelly Jones, you know, obviously first caught my eye with the prelude to Nightfall cover of Batman with Batman trying to stop Joker oh, and yeah. everyone else from leaving Arkham. Then I, you know, obviously followed his covers throughout Nightfall and started really getting into his interiors. Sam Keith, I discovered through the Max, which I loved. Not sure if it holds up anymore. Probably doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> it seems like I'd have doesn't. the same reaction I did rewatching Donnie Darko. But uh, but with a little bit of distance <laughs> from both artists, they seem like a uh, 90s cleanser to the 80s, which, you know, with their nightmarish, you know, but whimsical style, bringing some grime and mainstream to mainstream comics. I'd argue that they, along with, you know, thousands of other artists and styles of IP really set up the nineties, cute slash scary goth shtick. Yeah. So while it's not their fault, it does make their art pretty dated and hard to look at sometimes today, but it still holds a place in my heart. Uh, and then an artist whose style just never sat well with me is, uh, Klaus Jansen, his pencils, uh, not his inks. No. Whenever I see his pencils, I feel like I'm looking at an impressionist, modernist take on Jack Kirby. And so it's jarring and gnarly to look at. It usually takes me out of whatever book I'm reading. Uh, Anyway, that's all. Have a good one. 
All right, this is a good way for us to get into ours too. But um, I, so Kelly Jones and Sam Keith, first of all, I love Kelly Jones. Absolutely love, love, love Kelly Jones. But just like Sam Keith, they both artists, both Kelly and Sam, seem to have gone to a place with their art where they realized what people liked about what they were doing. And then they decided, I'm going to multiply it by a million. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, so let me get this straight. You like the really big bat ears and the crazy bat cape? Okay. Now the bat ears are 15 feet long. (laughs) And and that, like, again, I go to the final form thing, but Kelly Johnson and Sam Keith in their final form, I can't do it anymore. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. I I mean, yes. Yeah. I get that. I, I totally get that. You know, it, it, like artists that you loved that have been around for decades that just become themselves, but amplify. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always work. Right. When you like, you there know, are certain but, things you know, on the flip side of that, you've got artists that don't really evolve. Yeah. Uh, like Tom Grummet is an artist that I love, right. that I've loved since, uh, since the nineties, since the eighties. Yeah. Um, but his art has always been his art. Yeah. Tom Arthur Grummet, Adams. Arthur Adams is another guy. Like this is what but, but even Adams art does. Adams. If you look at early art Adams, like he's, he's way, he's different in a better way. Right. He, he got, he found his style and stayed there. He didn't amplify it. He didn't freak out with it. He found what he did, got in his wheelhouse, stayed there. Even Mike Mignola, who is an excellent example of a weirdo artist. I prefer Mignola's older art to his newer stuff. I just do. I feel like it's gotten a little too sparse for me. Uh, I like, yeah, I mean, and that's definitely a choice, right? That's, right. that's a, that's a purposeful yeah. artistic decision. Cause I've seen Mignola um, draw other stuff where he's like, oh yeah. Like that book that he did while the sketches he did over during, uh, uh during the pandemic. pandemic. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it, that was yeah, Mike yeah. Mignola just crushing it. But now when he, but draws, that's the thing though, is that like, if you saw those things inked, it would have so much negative black space. I suppose that's true. Yeah. That, you know, it would look more like what you were just talking about yeah, than that's, that's the true. sketch version. Yeah. You know? And so like, that's just, it's kind of a trade off. Right. Right. Um, I think if you look back at Magnola's work from the eighties, um, cosmic odyssey, yeah, which was a DC, uh, event book in the mid eighties. It is amazing. It's a very Jack Kirby fourth world anti-life equation type stuff. And, um, Mike Mignola is the artist and it's beautiful. It's unrecognizable. Like you, if you you showed it, I think that that if you looked at it as a fan of Mike Mignola, you'd be like, Oh yeah, it's Mike Mignola. Yes. But he has changed so much. Right. Uh, that, you know, it's like he has evolved in a way that is, that, that is pleasing to him. Yeah. And some art like, you know, Kelly Jones, Sam Keith is on my list of artists that I just don't get, you know, I used to love him. I used to love him. He just, he got too into his Sam Keith shit. It's just just too weird. He went insane with it. It's too bizarre. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, but you know, John, John mentioned something about, uh, how these artists, kind of inspired that wave of gothy right you know it's like yeah like not a ton of fans obviously you know uh, but like i would say that there are going to be a lot of people out there that are surprised to learn that sam keith is the co-creator of sandman right 
Because when you look at that first arc of Sandman, it does not look, it looks more like Bernie Wrightson than Sam Keith. I mean, I, again, I would say if you're a fan of Sam Keith, you're going to look at it and say, you're going to see it. There you're going to see it. Yeah. But you're not, it's not the, it's not the max. No, you know, Sam no, no, Keith. no, 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 it's, no. It's not, you know, uh, uh, any of that more recent, like zero girl or um, Batman max or that Batman oh. stuff. Yeah. Like, no, it, it's, it's, it's a much more restrained. Yeah. And like you can definitely tell that he's channeling Bernie Wrightson, uh, Bernie Wrightson's Swamp Thing. Right. It's very early Vertigo, and, and it's like, yeah, it's Sam Keith. He he helped create Sandman. Yeah. And then he bounced after one arc, <laughs> and uh, it, it's kind of like uh, it's um, it's a it's a Tony Moore Charlie Adler situation, right? Where Sam Keith was the was the guy at the beginning. Qualify that. What does that mean, Tony Moore, Charlie? Adler. So Tony Moore, uh, Tony Moore. I know what it means, is, but qualify it for the yes. peeps. <laughs> um, Tony Moore was the original artist of The Walking Dead. Right. Robert Kirkman's The Walking Dead. Um, Tony Moore is not always credited as a creator, like as a co-creator of The Walking Dead. Um, he. It's more like a like he was. Work for hire, he right? Did like like Kirkman, cre- he did Kirkman created issues? Kirkman. Kirkman created The Walking Dead. He said, "Hey, my friend Tony Moore, who helped me draw some other stuff. Do you want to draw this book I came up with?" Right. But you know that kind of gets into some whole like writer versus artist. Like that's a different thing, and right, we're not right. talking about that. But um, Charlie Adler is the artist that not only stepped in after Tony Moore left the book. But he drew the entire rest of the series. Yeah. So Tony or Charlie Adler is considered He's the Walking one of Dead the guy. co-creators of The Walking Dead because he helped he defined, he helped define even though what Tony the Walking Moore drew Dead like was. the first six issues. Is that right? First six, yeah, maybe. First six or ten. First the first like trade, yeah, yeah. I don't think he he may have drawn the two trades. But uh, like he did covers for a long time. Yeah. But Charlie Adler came in and did art almost like very soon after the start of The Walking Dead. So it's kind of like when they say Cap Captain America is a founding Avenger. Honorary. <laughs> because your alternative is the Hulk. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, yeah, I, like I, I like Sam Keith is that is that guy for Sam in where he like he left so soon. That it was Mike. Mike uh, Mike Dringenberg, I think, is the guy's name that actually helped define what we think of as Neil Gaiman's Sandman. Right. All right. And, let's get into uh, our answers. Let's get into our answers. Yeah. You know what? I, I forget why I even was going. <laughs> the good news was it took a long into time to that. get there. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I was I was trying to speak to one of John's points. Yeah, we're yeah. going to pick one and one. We're not going to go off in a bunch. Totally fine. I, I I've settled on. You know, I mentioned Sam Keith, and certainly he is an artist that I don't really, uh, I don't gravitate towards. But for me, a weirdo artist that I have never enjoyed is Ted McKeever. Fair. Uh, Ted McKeever did a bunch of Vertigo stuff. Um, He did a lot, like, Ted McKeever is the definition of weirdo artist. Yeah. And again, Ted McKeever is a very talented guy absolutely exceptionally 100 percent. no denying <laughs> and then joe died 
sneeze attack. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, like there's no denying that Ted McKeever is a very talented artist. I just don't like his art. Yeah. Uh, to me, Ted McKeever is the anti Teddy Christensen because Ted McKeever like goes for a similar vibe, but everything it's so thick. Yeah. Everything is so thick. Yeah. And unformed. Like I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. So let me, let me um, do mine that I don't like, and then we'll both do our likes. Okay. So for me, Howard Chaikin. Howard Chaikin was like one of those artists that I just, I get it. Howard Chaikin is a legend. He's very important. He had, by all, has done some incredible work. He's, and he's done work that I'll look at and be like, yeah, that's pretty good. I never cared for his weird art style his super blocky heads his gigantic shoulders and stuff and like people talk talk about the guy like he's a master draftsman and i and he is and he is and i like on paper i get it i just don't like it he's another artist <laughs> i don't like he's it. kind of he's like frank miller right where uh, uh howard chicken is another artist where if you looked at his early work mm -hmm. in the eight, uh, late 70s and 80s it's, it's much more standard comic book fair yeah or like or mike mike mignola right and there's it's much more standard comic book fair but you can still sort of recognize what became right howard chicken and there's like arguments howard, out howard there. chicken drew the first issue of marvel star wars yeah there's That's crazy to there's me. arguments out there that there was a point in howard chicken's life where he was like the number two most talented guy on the planet making comics there are people yeah. and they're probably not wrong they're probably not wrong i just don't care for his art i'm not a fan either yeah. I, i'm not a fan of howard chicken's modern work at yeah. all at Ugh. all uh favorite weird artist all right so um this is an this is an artist that's come up a lot already uh but it i'm picking him as my favorite weirdo artist because he's an artist that i i learned to love um whereas the kid in me just didn't understand what he was looking at. And that is obviously Bill Sienkiewicz. Um, when, like when Bill Sienkiewicz was doing his thing in the eighties and I was, you know, seven, eight years old, I looked at it and I was like, I don't, what is, no, this isn't, no, this is not good. <laughs> um, and now I look back at that stuff and I see, oh no, Bill Sienkiewicz is a genius. Yeah. Like he is literally an artistic genius. He's a master of his craft. And uh, like if you follow him, if you follow him, like still today, 40 years later, Bill Sienkiewicz is delivering amazing work on a regular basis, whether it's for comics or for his own personal, right. um, you know, his Instagram or his Twitter or whatever. And you want to talk about um, a guy that could easily like crawl into the rabbit hole of his own style and wander yeah. off into madness. He could do that so easily and never did. He never right. did. Yeah. And that, and that shit, that is exactly what happened to Frank Miller. Yeah. Frank Miller just kept, he just kept getting, <laughs> it's like, um, it's like when you apply a filter, right. To a photo or something. Uh, and you keep applying the same Frank Miller filter. Right. 
to his art over the course of 30 years. Yeah. And by the time you get to today, it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like, give a it's slider. Like, I don't, I don't even want to look at and this. And the slider goes from zero to Frank Miller. And you just slowly pull that slider up and you'll get to a point where you're like, that looks really good. And then you go, now nah, let's yeah. max it out. And you're like, yeah, oh, so, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah you know, to, to, to speak to it, to speak to it in Photoshop, like digital art, uh, uh, terms like you say there is a slider right? right there's a slider for all sorts of different effects right uh, and you would think the slider starts at zero and ends at 100 no sir <laughs> i'm here to tell you that it starts at negative 100 right <laughs> and goes from negative 100 to positive 100 right and zero is the baseline. <laughs> and when Frank Miller slid his slider from zero to a hundred, yeah. it was just like, stop it. And it's still I'm there. Done. Like you look at Frank Miller, it's still there. No question. That is Frank Miller. But it's just like, he has gone so into Frank Miller that I cannot look at it anymore. Yeah. It feels like a punishment like, now. Sh- uh, shout out to shout out to Tim Benson and Carl Smith's uh, book club. Uh, it is the, uh, it, I forget the actual name of the book cl- club, but it is, uh, uh, it, I'm in it, uh, and, uh, it is, uh, brought to you by Tim Benson and whatever binding, uh, enterprise he's with at any given time and Carl's publishing imprint, Lake Lord uh, publishing. Okay. You let's get there. What are we talking about? Check out their stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, their book that their book, uh, last month was not dark Knight returns not dark Knight strikes back it was dark Knight three the master race oh my god oh no 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 i'm sorry it was yes it was dark Knight three the master race uh which primarily was drawn by uh, andy kubert right but uh there were also a bunch of one-shot spin-offs that were drawn by frank and they are unbearable it's garbage it's, unbearable it's garbage um and that's and, that's probably a better this is probably a, a question for another day artists yeah that fell off like where when did you stop dating these guys you know but, sure yeah i and I, you know what i feel like that's something we probably have talked about before but i don't know if it's we've a good one to made it a question of the it's week good one to revisit um let's keep let's keep that one in our in our holster for later my favorite and i did not have to think about it larry stroman Hands yeah, down. I love Larry Stroman. Larry fucking Stroman. Larry Stroman. But also the sort of artist that you either get it or you don't. Yes. And the sort of artist that I like when I first saw his stuff, like New Mutants, and uh he worked on X Factor for a while. Alien Legion. Alien yeah. Legion. When I first saw that stuff, it was so weird that my first thought was, Oh my god, I can't believe they let this guy draw a comic book. You know, it, it was just yeah. so odd. It was so strange. And I think it was only the defense of his peers that gave, that got him those jobs. Yeah. Yeah. The dude is a genius. He really is. It's all there. And even at his Stromaniest, it's still amazing. You know, he's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like Greg Tacchini in a way to bring it back to somebody Brian brought up Yeah, where it's like his art is so unusual that you either are a fan yeah. or you're not. And like, you can look at a piece of Greg Tacchini art and understand exactly what's happening. Or you can look at a pay- piece of Greg Tacchini art and go, what? Yeah. And Larry Stroman's the same. And uh, conversely to other artists that have been around for 30, 40 years, you can't look back at Larry Stroman's earlier work and go, Oh, 
this this guy could have drawn Iron Man when he was young. Right. Like, like no, Larry Stroman has always yes. been Larry Stroman. Yes. No question. From day one. Like you you yeah. you would open that book and go, oh shit, I bought a Stroman book. Or you open the book and went, oh fuck yeah, yeah. Larry Stroman's drawing this. <laughs> um I my first exposure to Larry Stroman, it was uh there there's a a a, a, a stretch of Wolverine comics from his solo series mm -hmm. in the 80s and 90s where they were just like one-off stories right yeah and there was no like larry hama obviously was the longtime writer of those books but there was no like um it wasn't it was it wasn't like adam kubert he's drawn wolverine for years no it was just like here's a one-off issue drawn by a random guy this issue that happened to be gifted to me by my aunt um was drawn by larry stroman and it was about um Peter David wrote this one. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so it was about Wolverine being on a cruise ship yep. and there was a woman uh, whose baby, I think the baby was still in utero and the baby was like psychically talking to Wolverine about some sort of demon uh, that was killing people on the ship. And like I was guys, I was maybe nine years old <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Uh, and then the next time I saw him was X Factor. And I was like, yeah, ah, Larry Stroman. Well, and not to mention the fact awesome. that like it was Mark Silvestri was the artist on Wolverine at the time. And they're like, let's take a break oh, from Mark yeah, Silvestri maybe. and give you Larry Stroman. That's yeah, not going right. to shake anybody up. Right. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was, um, you know, you, you hear these stories if you um, if you kind of dig into to Marvel history and I'm sure that they still do it. Uh, it's just not as obvious these days. Um, they used to commission what they called inventory stories. Yeah. Where they would have something in a drawer ready to go on the off chance that like a book was late. Right. Uh, or whatever, because back then it wasn't just comic shops. It was newsstands. It was grocery stores. It was drug stores. It was gas stations. Like they had to, they had to be on time. And so they like, I'm sure this was an, a Wolverine inventory story. Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. And it's like, it's in the know. middle of a four part Mark Silvestri like story. <laughs> and like, it just like, it, it was like Larry Stroman reached into my eight or nine year old uh, head and ate my brain. Yeah. I love him. Love him. It, I do too. So That's let's a do great it. Answer. Let's set up this new question. Let's do it. Like the creators nah, nah, that you broke let's up Let's save with. it. Let's save it. I want uh, I've got a really good, I've got a really good question here. It's right, also creator centric. Right. It's from a, it's from a listener who has been listening to us for years. His name is Cliff. Cliff Z. All right. Um, uh, but it's his first time writing in. He wrote us an email, a very lovely email. His question is this. Uh, comic book convention season is approaching, but with conventions canceled, I'd love to hear some stories of fans meeting creators. Okay. Convention stories. Uh, was meeting your hero a bad idea? Was it everything you dreamed of? Uh, maybe you've got a funny story about it. Be sure to include uh, what con you were, where you were. Uh, so summing it up, TLDR, have you ever met a creator? Uh, where were you? How'd the meeting go? Did meeting them make you a fan or turn you off? Okay, and to be fair here, if you don't want to 
out said creator's name because you don't. You don't have to. You yeah, just tell us the story, and I'll bet we can figure out who it is. You know. But I would love it if you. <laughs> but did. yeah, but you, you want to name names? Fine with me, man. <laughs> I'm gonna name names. Nobody famous listens to this. I podcast. am gonna name names. You know, the most famous person that listens to this podcast is Michael Severe. So uh, don't. Lester listens to us. Come on, he's out there. No, you know? no Matt, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, Come he does on. every week. He no. loves this show, Joe. He Phil, plans Phil his loves week around us. it. Phil loves us. He's happy for our success. Phil he turns to the family to- and he goes, let's not bother daddy during THN time. Okay. It's, it's is, like a, it's like a Christmas story where every, like he huddles around the radio <laughs> to listen to little orphan Annie. All right. We'll do this next Saturday. Uh, we're not going to be around this Wednesday. It's my wife's birthday. Taking the day off to prove to her that I love her more than the podcast. Don't tell her, but uh, the podcast is like number one on the list. And she's like three or four behind a dog hockey and uh, Kung Fu films. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back next Saturday to play with this question week and play with everybody that calls in and everybody that talks to us. Hit us up. We want to talk to you. Please shoot us your yeah. messages. If you can't be there live, we want to talk to you. We don't have a show without you. And oh, yeah. You. Like, especially you guys that were in the chat. Yeah. You know, and I get it. Sometimes stage fright. Sure. It's intimidating. Chat with us, Look, man. Get in here and chat with us. We are idiots. You can't do anything that will make us think less of you. Yeah. And if something goes... You heard Jimmy's call, right? And look, if it's something goes jokes. grotesquely wrong on the live show, tell me and I'll cut it. I'll cut it. I'll be like, no problem. We'll cut that out. You know, not a big deal. I can do that. So just let us know. You got nothing to if lose. If you send in a 13-minute voicemail, we'll just get to the goods. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got to get out of here. Thank you again to everybody that keeps this show going. We don't have a show without you. Uh, my name's Matt Baum. My name's Joe Patrick. And this is the 2 And I like to nerd. tell stories. And this, yeah, he does. And sometimes I got to bring him back. <laughs> this is the 2 Nerd signing off. <laughs>